It's episode 14 of Watching Horror. I'm Jared, and at the table with me is my wife, Christina. Hi. Hello. Uh, we're we're back. here. We're back. We're not dead. We didn't give up. No. We didn't lose our stuff. No, we did not. We're still here. We're just busy. Very busy. Yeah. Very, very busy. I miss it when we don't do it like for real, for real. Oh, you me know? too. It's always like, oh, okay, we're going to record tonight. And then, like, shit happens, usually with the kids. <laughs> Let's yeah. be honest here. It's usually them. <laughs> I love you guys. You blame it like, on them. But it's usually fucking them. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that, that makes it difficult to the point where, like, Jared wakes up. Jared gets up at, like, 5-something in the morning to go like to work. Like, 5.30. So it's, like, yeah. it's difficult to be up till 2, you know. Um, yeah. Or three sometimes, um, it's and tough then to, have to work yeah. a full day. It's tough to do what I do all day on two or three hours You have a physical sleep. job. Yeah, yeah, it's tough to do that. So, you know, sometimes we can and sometimes we can't. It'd be great to be consistent, mm-hmm. but sometimes you just can't be, and you can just do what, you know, sometimes what you can do, best you can do, and that has to be okay until you can do better. Well, we're going to try. We're going to keep trying to do better. Yeah, as long as That's the best trying. thing I can offer. You know. Yeah. You know, we're not Joe Rogan. Um, Thank God. We don't do Fucking this for a living. Fucking asshole, idiot. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I have strong opinions. <laughs> I do too uh, about him. Yeah. I've been doing a little reading and listening. Not a huge fan. Um, but you know, that's opinions. Whatever. Doesn't matter. I don't want to shit on anybody. But I anyway, in my my point in saying that was that like. You know, we don't do this for a living, so I don't really feel like, I don't know. I feel like an episode comes out, and that's great, and it's a win. But yeah. um, the goal is to do one every week. Weekly. So we're going we to try get to things. get as close to that goal as possible. And I think that uh, that can happen uh, with just a couple of little changes. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. I think right. we can do it. So well, that's we're what we're going to strive yeah. for. We're going to keep trying. In the meantime... We are going to be drinking copious amounts of coffee. As usual. And trying to stay awake um, and do the best we can for you guys. As usual. Luckily, yes. Um, at least personally, I get super silly when I get tired. And so do you. Yeah. Well, you, you made a face. Do I not get silly? No, you do. No, you do get silly. And then it's just a, it's a, it's a height of silliness and then it's like a cliff. <laughs> Right, and so like, just jump off, and then you know, and then you just fall asleep and fall off the cliff. Yeah, you know. So we're doing a thing. Since we drink a lot of coffee on the show, and like you guys don't obviously get to see, we don't have like a YouTube channel or anything, so it's not like you guys get to see what we're doing when we're here. But it's really just me and Jared. We got this nice big craft table hmm. that we use for like the kids' school and puzzles and board games and like everything. Um, and it's great. I love this thing. And uh, it's just the two of us. And we drink lots of coffee and we talk and we have our books open with our notes. Mm-hmm. And my phone is usually Bluetooth to the the soundboard thing over there. So I can ask my phone questions and that's fun. And, you know, we're we're kind of nuts about coffee. Like we're we're kind of like coffee snobs. Yeah. You know, so there's yeah. this like trend 
where where people do this like coffee and a movie thing or like a cocktail and a movie thing, but we don't really drink alcohol. Beer and a movie thing. Um, beer and a movie yeah. thing too. Yeah. Uh, that's a big one. Yeah. And some people do like cocktails too that yeah. like pair with a movie. You that know sounds like mean? a lot of work. Yeah, but if you're into that kind of thing, it's got to be fun. Yeah, okay. And I'm sure a lot of that stuff is like Googleable. It, yeah, I'm sure. You know, you probably like Google like Carrie. You know, um, yeah, Bloody Marys, Bloody like, Carries, yeah, or something like that, yeah, and you'll find sure. the recipe. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just do it, change something. That's yours. You know, True. now it's your recipe. Yeah. <laughs> but that extra quarter teaspoon of vermouth or whatever the fuck grenadine and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Michael Scott's favorite drink? Yeah. <laughs> grenadine. I don't. <laughs> she says, what's your drink? He says, grenadine. I don't know how many of you guys watch The Office, but we can like speak full set. Like com- we can have whole conversations in just office quotes. Yeah. Which is really fun. And Seinfeld too. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. Pretty much anything. We can we can talk our way through any movie or TV show that we've watched. I think we usually do. No, I'm talking about having like a whole vocabulary oh, system yeah. built. You know, around a whole it. conversational yeah. system built around quotes from movies. We had one right before we turned the mics so. on. Yes, we did. So. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, I thought I'd talk a little bit about the coffee that we're drinking tonight. And I thought that maybe we could highlight the coffee that we drink, you know, when we record. Yeah. Since we're always, you know, drinking some kind of fancy something or other from somewhere or other. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, Chris. Keep it vague. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's vague because it always changes. Um, You know, so I have this little dream where one day I'll be able to open a coffee shop and sell my cinnamon buns and my pastries and sell delicious lattes and coffee like the right way and espresso affogato, you know, and all kinds of like fun, cute creations. So Jared got me this super cool barista book. Uh, for Mother's Day, and it goes back to like roasting coffee and brewing coffee and the right way to do stuff, you know, with coffee, where it comes from, how they make it, um, the different kinds of processes, the different kinds of beans. Like it's really a thorough, thorough book. And it's nice to read, especially when you're looking to open a place or whatever. It's good to have this background. I mean, it's one book, but it's it's a book that's got a lot of good inside inside information where you can like branch out from. So I've been learning a lot. In addition to the book, I got these really cool coffees from uh, a place called Raven's Brew. And it came in like a three pack. And I really like these. Um, these are brewed, these, sorry, not brewed. They're brewed here in my kitchen. Um, Roasted. we use a, we use a Chemex with the gooseneck kettle. We have a burr grinder. Like, yeah, that's, that's where, that's the level we're at. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll level up again. This summer I'm working on cold brew coffee of my own. I'd like to try that. Mm-hmm. I might even invest in glassware to make that like super cool like chemistry set with the big um, round, like it almost looks like a boiling flask, but it's a condenser. Anyway, uh, without getting into the science, this is roasted in Arkansas. It's Arkansas. (laughs) We're not doing this again. 
It's Arkansas and it's Illinois. It is spelled Arkansas. I don't and give a I shit what it's spelled I like. Want to. You want to be wrong, be wrong. But we all know it's Arkansas I'll and be it's wrong Illinois. Then. Yeah, you'd be wrong. Then I'll be wrong. Yes. It's Arkansas and Illinois. God Almighty. Drives me nuts. Illinois. It's Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. Yeah, I'm Illinois. It's not. <laughs> That's the first time I've actually heard you say that. Yeah. <laughs> Not. You'd think that'd be a given, but wow. Okay, no. it took you a while for that one. Sorry, I didn't come up with a quicker for you. <laughs> no, yeah, there's a thing in the house where um, I say things the wrong way. Well, the right way. No, not the right way. I say no. things the phonetic way just to be a pain in the ass because it drives Jared insane. And sometimes you got to take those little things. He likes to drive me insane. I, I try find- to say overly top. Offensive thing, yeah. <laughs> casually, <gasps> and not even just a casual in casual conversation. <laughs> just throwing some left shit, like, <gasps> and it, <laughs> like ultra, ultra, ultra <laughs> offensive things. Yeah, things I dare not repeat on 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 microphone. <laughs> um, you know. But like jokes. Yeah. You know. Anyway, the way that we pronounce states, the way that we pronounce things aside, uh, tonight we are drinking Raven's Brew Coffee, again, coming from uh, Washington and Arkansas. Oh, what if I say Arkansas? Still wrong. (laughs) Arkansas. That's awesome. Arkansas? If... Arkansas had a proprietary sauce that they put on everything. Someone needs to I'm make like, that. I'm like, all right, I get it. I don't know if it's a thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, Google, is Arkansas a thing? Here's what I found on the web. There's an, okay, there's an artist named mm. Arkansas. Doesn't count. Musical artist. Listen, Arkansas is a genre-hopping four-piece string band from Northwest Arkansas or Arkansas, depending on how you pronounce it, bending the rules and blurring the lines between bluegrass, newgrass, folk, Americana, country, blues, and funk. If that's your thing, check out Arkansas. I don't think that be anyone's thing. I guess. I don't know. Um, but that's literally all I can see nah. is um, just the just the band. I don't know enough about Arkansas to even hazard a guess what Arkansas would consist yeah, of. I don't know. But if you live in Arkansas, what would you put? In your state's sauce, if you could make Arkansas, what would that look like? Let us know. Would it be peppers? Probably something would it with be their sisters. Berries? Would it be? <laughs> so the coffee that we're drinking tonight is called. Um, this is their house blend, actually. Come on, Arkansas, laugh a little. Um, <laughs> so um, it's really pretty. I'm gonna post pictures. <laughs> It is true. You gotta laugh a little. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. I like how you tried Come to on. hide the fact that I said it. <laughs> I wasn't trying but to hide you, it. But, I'm just, but then it, then I'm it just moving. I'm just trying to stay on, on task. Okay. So we're drinking the house blend, and it sounds nice. It's complex shades of chocolate with a sweet, fruity depth, which gives way to subtle, spicy nuances. And then it says rapturous. It is a strong coffee. It's, it's a, a really very, strong coffee. It's a, good, it's a good dark roast coffee. It's a dark roast coffee, and I do taste the fruity notes that they do mention. I do too. I taste it. I don't normally like 
fruit and coffee. I know you don't either. No, I don't. Keep um, your fucking fruit out of my coffee and keep your vegetables out of my cake. Yeah. <laughs> and death to decaf. Yes. <laughs> All of those things. <laughs> I'm gonna put that I'm gonna tattoo that on myself. <laughs> you should. Go ahead. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a pretty good coffee uh company. We have a few brands, but yeah, so a that's few, one. Uh, varieties, whatever you want to call it. And there's another one that you don't like. I think has a more fruity kind of a flavor to it. This one is called Wicked Wolf, and it's a dark roast. Also, he got me like all dark roast coffee because I really like dark roast coffee. And this is intense, vibrant flavor in a balanced cup with a superb finish. Superlative after meal coffee with awesome applications or accompaniment to chocolate desserts. It's got a aftertaste to that one that i don't love it does this one does there's like a cherry something yeah like or almost an almond taste that i don't necessarily like i can't put my finger on i don't appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) and this last one is called grin and bear it and i i think this is our favorite i like that one um this is called full city roast so i'm not really so sure what that means it's certainly not in the book that i read but maybe it's their own proprietary you know blend or roast i don't know and this is like decadently luxurious heavenly syrupy body in a laid-back orchestration of pleasant earthy herbal and warm spice flavor notes creates a pool of deep ponderance for your palate it's called a bruin blend it's interesting um this one's really good i really like this one and the bag it comes i'm sorry no i think that's the most accessible one Mm. you know what i mean doesn't have anything weird or different at the end Mm-hmm. You know, like taste wise, it's just I taste the it's spice. a strong, it's just a strong <laughs> coffee. Yeah, you know all these all three flavors here that we have are, are strong coffee. all strong coffees. But I think that's the most accessible one if you're just looking for something different. Mm. I think you know different coffee brand or whatever. Um, that would be the one I would recommend. That's not like too off the charts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Too weird. There are others that we're going to talk about. Yeah, there are others that we're going to talk about, I think, in um, subsequent episodes. Like yeah, next that. week we'll do whatever we're drinking next week. And we'll go, yeah. you know, like the like the beer and horror movie people do, just doing it with coffee. Yeah. You know. But I wanted to highlight this other coffee company, too, because we bought two bags of coffee from them. Yeah. And they're called Camp Crystal Latte. We got their espresso, which I really love that it says roasted in hell on it. That's, That's pretty awesome. Really That's cool. fun. It's got, um, it's called Camp Crystal Latte, and the, you know, their sticker is, is really nice. Um, it's pretty genius, actually. Uh, you know, sixteen sixty six for 12 ounces of coffee, I think, is uh, it's a lot. It's a little pricey. But, uh, <laughs> but, but worth it. I actually, I got to tell you, I got a better bloom off of their coffee than I did off of the coffee um, from Arkansas and Washington, this yeah. other stuff. So when I roast this stuff, I got dark roast and I got their espresso. And when I roast, I'm sorry, not when I roast it. Brew it. When I brew it, dear Lord, <clears throat> when I brew it. I get a really good bloom off of it, and um, it's got good flavor. I like it. I um, recommend that. Yeah. I like that one more than the was that Ravens uh, Ravens feet. The one that we Ravens feet. <laughs> Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. Um, this is Ravens Brew Coffee. That's I think that's the name. I think that's of the name of the, the uh, company. Yeah. Or, or is it Coffee Rut? Hold on. It's Ravens Brew. Yeah. Right. Ravens Brew is the name of the company. Yeah. Yeah. Ravens Brew Coffee. Yeah. Um, but I like this Cam Crystal Latte is really good. Yeah, I really I like, like that one. It's yeah. like a nice, like basic one that doesn't have like, 
You know, it's just a good dark roast coffee. Yeah. Um, I didn't, they have a medium, they have a light roast coffee actually called Sweets to the Sweet. It's like a Candyman one. It's got like some honey something. You That's know? pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. I'd like to try that. <sighs> you know me in light roast coffee. It's, it's, it's I'll always it. acidic. It's always fruity. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, and after reading that book that you got me, I'm learning why, you know, like coffee is essentially a cherry, you know, yeah. it's the seed inside of a berry. Yeah. It's essentially like a seed from a fruit and it's going to have like that fruity, you know, sort of flavor to it. So the freshest, you know, the lighter the brew, the more fruity it's going to taste, the yeah. more acidic it's going to be. Sure. Because it doesn't have that time for the, the roasting process to pull some of that out. So I just, I don't like that flavor. You mm. know what I mean? Um, a while ago, Jared got me a Drift Away Coffee, which is like a subscription. And I really like oh, that. Oh, I highly recommend Drift, Drift Away. Drift Away is great. Drift Away is really great. It's a subscription-based coffee, yeah. but I think you can buy bags of their coffee. You can. Yeah, you um, can buy bags. Like, like one-off. A la carte kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah. You know necessarily need a pres- uh, prescription a subscription <laughs> although i i will dole out prescriptions for coffee no problem i think everyone should be drinking it but um anyway so uh, they've got they've got coffee from all over the world of course but they go straight to the source and they also send you like a postcard highlighting the farm that the coffee came from yeah uh, which in retrospect now, again, that I'm reading that book that you sent me, I'm learning a lot more about the differences between South American coffee, Ethiopian coffee, you know, where it all started mm-hmm. in Ethiopia. Um, and, uh, now looking back at all the cards that we got, I'm like, okay, you know, um, it also told you like how they process the coffee and stuff like that. So yeah, they kind of like... I'm almost half thinking about just getting another subscription anyway. We could. We'd drink it. You know, that's the thing. We do use it. We drink you know it. I mean? We drink a lot of different kinds of coffee. So that's always a fun one to, you get like a bag once a month, however you set up. Yeah. The, you once know, every the, three the delivery, months, whatever it is, a month, twice yeah. a month, whatever it is. It's a nice kind of surprise, nice little yeah. gift to get. Yeah. So even though they're based out of Brooklyn, so I don't hold that against them personally. Um, I normally <laughs> would. I'm pretty crabby. And <laughs> curmudgeonly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> forever curmudgeonly. Um, so they're they're based out of Brooklyn, and we're really close to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, they send it out. We get it like the next day, which is so we get it pretty fucking fresh. Mm-hmm. That doesn't does not uh, doesn't hurt. The blue. I've never gotten a bloom off of coffee the way that I've gotten one from theirs. Yeah. It's like that fresh. Yeah, and they know. You know what I mean? And there is a period of time between roasting and, and drinking, like actually being able to grind the coffee and have it taste good. Whatever that time is, they, uh, they're like, all right, you know, it was brewed on this day. Yeah. You know, they send it. They give you a, bre- brewed. They give you a, Ugh, a, a roast date. I keep ro- I don't know why I keep it. Like, Get it together, lady. It is obviously, it's like the itch scratch thing. You know what I mean? But yeah. I have the problem this time, not you. Um. <laughs> You know how like when people have an itch and they scratch it, but they say the opposite. They say, I have a, I have a scratch or, you know what I mean? I'm itching my scratch. That's, it, it drives me. It's like a pet peeve. It drives me nuts. Of course, Jared does that. I love you. Only but... half of the time I do it on purpose. <laughs> the other half is because I'm an idiot. See what I'm saying? Like we live to piss each other off. 
Look, we've been together for 20 years, all right? You don't stay together 20 years by being like, Polite. Oh, it's okay. No, those walls came down a long time ago. And one of my favorite things to do is to make Christina nuts. I do it on purpose and I do it on accident. And you Either do way, it's fine. Very, very good job. I'm good at it. I got real good at it. I don't have to try. Thankfully, it's just all in good fun. Yes. You know. So yeah, so I think going forward, we'll, this is something we're going to do, maybe not at this length every yeah. week, but we're going to, we'll highlight the coffee we're drinking like the beer people do and the cocktail people do. Maybe I'll even make like, um, you know, like a, like a coffee drink. Yeah. You know, and maybe we'll highlight a coffee drink. Yeah. I'm looking to, I, th- I have a thing to Bed Bath & Beyond, so I'm looking to get a steamer and a foamer. Yeah. So maybe I can actually we'll do up our like, game latte art and stuff like that we'll see what i could do all right Um, i'm expecting complete latte masterpieces next week then well i don't know if i'm gonna be able to make it to bed bath and beyond this week well you better figure it out because (laughs) that's what i expect (laughs) okay i have to convince the kids to come with me it's not easy we do it they have one in flushing don't they i'd rather go there i'll go to flushing all right anyway (laughs) moving on anyways yeah so we're gonna uh we'll be doing that Featuring uh, some fun things. Yeah, coffee. Like coffee. We're up like a million hours at night now. Yeah, so, you were always you up, know, up all night. Might as well talk about the coffee we're drinking. We are total coffee snobs. What better way to get up early than to drink coffee really late at night, <laughs> like I do? So, um, you know, so what may, what goes better with horror movies than getting all fucking hopped up on caffeine and jittery? I mean, I really don't see any other way unless you're doing actual drugs. Right. You know, and I've done that. I took, I took some, I, I think I took ecstasy and I watched Evil Dead and I, I was never the same after that. I, I had some, had some issues, uh, to say the least. That'll be fun when we cover Evil Dead. That'll be, oh, uh, man, we can get into that conversation. That was a Halloween party. Woo. We'll talk about that at some point though. All right. But this week. This week, Raven's Brew. Yeah. This week, Raven's Brew. We talked about the other two that we have. So, you know, if we end up drinking that, we'll let you know. But maybe I'll make like a like a fun coffee drink. I got syrups too. And I made my own brown sugar syrup to be like the one from Starbucks. They make that brown sugar syrup shaken espresso with the oat milk, which is amazing. And I recommend it to everyone. But you can't get it on the app anymore. So you can't order it ahead. You have to actually go into the Starbucks Trade secret, now. go in the store. You have to go in. If it says it's out of season, they're lying. They're just always out of oat. They never know if they can procure enough oat milk. So you have to go into so the Starbucks to actually. Um, yeah, it's so gross. Meanwhile, you fucking love that shit. Let's not pretend like you like that's not your favorite Starbucks drink. Okay, it's my and it's favorite one. it's because of the oat milk. It's okay, but not that's, just that's the brown sugar That's a small part syrup. of a larger, more complex <laughs> Well, I'm just saying don't drink. roll your eyes and scoff at oat the milk because you love that shit. The idea that there's shit. an oat milk shortage is fucking gross. <laughs> it's not that it's an oat milk shortage. It's that people, like, it's oat milk. So who the fuck thinks that, like, they made they made a drink that's good with oat milk. And it just happens to be this one, it's brown sugar syrup and oat milk. Like, mm. it's fantastic. Well, it tastes of, like yeah. a bowl of oatmeal and it's coffee. And they use um, three shots of blonde espresso to go yeah, with it. So it's like got that. that good nutty flavor already. That's the one light flavor I will accept is blonde espresso. And the only reason I like it is because it's like supercharged caffeine. So, 
Blonde espresso is fantastic. And it's three shots of blonde espresso shaken on ice with brown sugar syrup and then oatmeal to top it off. Oat uh, milk. Sorry, oat milk. Oatmeal. Oh, oat milk to top it off. And it it's delicious. It's fucking delicious. It's really good. So I highly recommend and it's and it's cheap. Especially if you're lactose intolerant like me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good alternative. It, you know, and it's like it's you can get a grande for like Five thirty or so. It's like it's probably like, the, and it's three shots of espresso. It's probably like the cheapest espresso drink you can get. Great in the summertime. Just tell them easy on the oat milk because they can wipe that shit out. Sometimes. Yeah, I'll kill a cup of that in like five minutes. Yeah, no, you down yeah, that shit. Yeah, I'll crush them. And Jared's like one of the yeah. people where I'll get him a latte and then like three hours later it's still half full. I'll nurse it. Me crazy. Do that on purpose too. So Ugh, you don't. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> So, anyway, let's um. That's done with the coffee. That's our coffee talk today. Coffee talk. Coffee talk with Christina and Jared. Yeah, Jared and Christina. However you like it. <laughs> so, coffee talk. And now we've got. Oh my god. Email and Insta talk. Um. So. <laughs> Marissa Tomei in my cousin Vinny impersonation. No. <laughs> that's different. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna do that right now. Damn it! I don't have it in me. Like I'm thinking about it, and it's just it's not meshing. So I I don't want. All right, like, that's fine. I don't want to like do it, and it's not like a good one, and then like I'm judged on like my in my your poor performance. Quality. I got like, it. You know, yeah. That's a story for another time, then. <laughs> but we want to hear from you guys, and we want you guys to be part of like all the stuff that we post and all the stuff that's out there. So send us an email. Leave us a review. You know, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, it's it's super easy to leave us a review. Just, I don't know what's up with that nickname stuff. I hope you have a unique nickname. It's weird with that. Um, so, uh, but leave us reviews. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And yeah, even if it's a bad one. That's fine. I'll take a bad review. I'll take a bad review. It's you know, fine. that's okay with me. Um, tell us we suck and we should shut the fuck up. Go ahead. You know, uh, criticism only makes things better. You know what I'm saying? So that's cool. Um, send us an email at watchinghorrorpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at watchinghorrorpodcast and on Twitter at watchinghorror. Um, our Twitter is essentially a graveyard. I yeah. do, I do the social media. So like whenever you see a post on Instagram or whatever, that's usually me. Um, always. That is always me. Always. Yeah. And, I, and if Jared has something to say, I'll usually post it for him. Yeah. Jared is in no pictures and he has nothing he wants nothing to do with social media which is perfectly no. fine because I am a social media butterfly so it's all good it, we kind of fit together like Rama Lama Lama with yeah. this um, although I was told today that I really need to get on this social media thing because I didn't know I was learning about crypto coin today <laughs> and air fryers and <laughs> and the world is passing me by and if I need to get up, if I need to know things, apparently, Christina told me, well, you need to get on this social media to get over yourself and just fucking get on there and you can learn some things. Yeah. And I want to tell you. You have to participate. And I'm going to tell you right now, I did not. <laughs> I said, okay. And I you hung can up be the phone a with the conversation and follower. went back to work. You could be a silent follower. You don't have to participate, comment, like. What's going to happen is I'm going to see something stupid or some, some see something that someone said that bothers me, and I'm not going to be able to help myself, and I'm going to engage. Well, maybe and it's not going to go well for somebody else. In um, self control, I don't want to do that. Well, then you're going to have issues. But like, look, I'm not I can't, if I'm not on social media. 
No issues. <laughs> All right. Then I don't want to hear how you're falling behind in the times. Uh, no, you'll hear that too. <laughs> I have to explain everything. Yes. I had to explain to him the issue between the the issue with energy uh, usage and mining for bitcoins right now. Uh, I mean, uh, so he wants to like <laughs> his problem was like I'm not going to take bitcoin now well, he, for my cars he said he's going to take bitcoin. Yeah, he's going to take then bitcoin. Then he said he's suspending it. And now. now because he doesn't want it because of how much electricity is needed no fossil fuels also people burn coal for electricity people you know like what you need to use to create electricity okay for, for all of these things for these supercomputers to mine to do complicated math problems for fake money and then <laughs> he and then he's like i don't want to contribute to the my i don't want my carbon footprint to be bigger you know with all the electric with the fossil fuels required to create the electricity you make electric cars dumb fuck that's your thing <laughs> You want to do that? You're also stupid ass. You're fucking sending rock. You know how much fuel takes to send a rocket up to space and to have it land back down? The fuel has to stay there. Oh, I think they, yeah, but I don't know. But I wouldn't, can, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't criticize the fuel thing. I'd like to. Because the, the, the ability to recycle rockets is a technological advancement that will save so much fucking money. And also, well, good for him. No, no, no. That's good for all of us, actually, wow. including NASA, which relies on the government for funding. And we all know how great they are at that. So, having like a super billionaire that's actually like into the space program is really, really helpful, actually. Like, or maybe having like, I'm just saying, the ability to recycle rockets is a very powerful um, and smart thing to be. It's, it's a, incredible, actually. Um, the first time I saw one land, I thought it was fake. Like, I, I thought it was just the thing going in reverse. <laughs> Meanwhile, it was like a real landing. I couldn't, well, I'll tell you I what. couldn't believe it. Yeah. The only way I'll get behind that is if they actually take the money they save from all their big fancy space exploration and put it towards the people who need it and not just back into more space exploration because I see 20 or 30 people living on the subway Every day to and from work, and these people need the money more than like, hey, we should go to Mars and put drones and helicopters. And oh see the yeah, rocks. but he's like a super billionaire, and that's just his thing. Like his thing is, I want to go to Mars. That's that's his priority. You know, he is deathly afraid of AI, but also dabbling in it at the same time. I really don't know don't how that like the it. whole Neuralink with AI. I would not having having. Both Neuralink and AI being future possibilities is actually quite terrifying, especially when they're happening all at the same time. There's a lot of reasons why. But anyway, the, the point is, in my opinion, he's the guy that figures out solutions to, to power issues, you know, how to reduce a carbon footprint, how to use less fossil fuels. That's what Tesla is all about. Why not figure out a way to just make that use less electricity yeah. you know make a solar farm that's dedicated to you know bitcoin mining why don't you put one of them lithium batteries in one of those computers <laughs> what about that you're such a jerk <laughs> fuck I, Look, I, listen, I don't I have like a problem with hypocrisy i don't like him right? either it's Look, a big problem i don't i'm one of those people that doesn't think that billionaires should even exist i agree with i agree with that that theory yeah. i feel like the distribution of wealth is ridiculous but but um being the way that it is that's not reality reality we have to accept reality for what it is that's and right. reality is 
that he is a super billionaire and unfortunately his mission is going to Mars and, you know, not, you know, not working on making this planet habitable, moving on to another planet because in hundreds of thousands of years, the sun is going to expand and we're all going to die anyway. I really don't see what the point in going to Mars is anyway when the sun is still we're all going doomed. to expand nope. and, um, you know, kill everyone on Mars as it is. So nope. whatever. Point is, let's get into this movie, huh? Okay. <laughs> so now that we've hated on Elon Musk, enough. we hated on Elon Musk. We talked about coffee. <laughs> Al Sharpton was there. You didn't hear it. There's nothing bad about Al Sharpton. It's actually kind of complimentary. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about another prominent figure. That's Mike Myers. Ooh, who also comes from another state. That's fun to say, Illinois. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, I'll shut, I'll, shut I'll, shut I'll shut up. I'll shut up. I'll shut up. Illinois. I'll shut up. I know you like the deep dish pizza in Chicago and all that nonsense, but it's I Illinois. Love deep dish it's pizza. not better. I am a New Yorker. Yeah. And I as a New Yorker, I am saying deep dish pizza is better than New York pizza. You you can take my New York card and burn it. I give I don't give a shit. Listen, I deep dish is superior. It's not a matter that you're a New Yorker and you'd like, no. It's just a matter of the fact that you're just wrong. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You could be from anywhere. I don't care. You could be from Serbia That's not and true. it doesn't matter. That's not true. I would not trust the opinion of someone from Ohio telling me who's sorry, got better Ohio. pizza, New York or fucking Chicago. I'm sorry. You either live in New York or in Chicago, then you can have an opinion. Or you've been to New York and Chicago and you can have an well, opinion. Well, I've never been to Chicago. And my experience with deep dish pizza is embarrassingly small and relegated solely to Pizzeria Uno. Mm -hmm. And I realize that's like the fucking McDonald's of, of, of deep dish pizza. It's actually not that bad. It's uh, really not that bad. And when you think about it, if that's, if that's the, the benchmark, then the real thing can only be better. Yeah. You I'm, know not what saying I'm, saying? I'm not so saying it's bad. So if Uno's bad. is good, like if, if you like it though, You'll you'll probably love what's actually in Chicago. Maybe that's at least my but theory. I, I'm not saying I hate it. I'm not saying it's gross. I am saying that it's not better. <laughs> that's all. And anyone who thinks that is wrong. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. You want to live in your wrongness? Go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. I think you live in your wrongness. I think we should talk about Halloween. So mm. whatever. <laughs> so we did Halloween. Yeah, we watch Halloween. See you later, guys. Bye. <laughs> He kills a bunch of people. Right, yeah, he yeah. kills, yeah. So he kills six people and a dog. And that's pretty much what the movie's about. All right. Yeah, so <laughs> we watched Halloween uh, for the billionth time. Yep. But it's been a while since we saw it last, honestly. Um, the original, the 1978 version, Correct. is the one we're going to talk about today. Yes. So thankfully. Real quick, if you haven't seen it, this is really kind of what it's about. Oh, it's Jared's two-sentence synopsis, my um, favorite. Yeah, I'm doing it. So this is what you get for curmudgeonly, my curmudgeonly two-sentence synopsis. Horny babysitters and their beta boyfriends are stalked by a coverall-wearing maniac while his doctor's voices go unheard and kitchen knife fun ensues. Nice. That is Halloween in two sentences. <laughs> Correct. Now we're going to see you guys next time. Bye. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. So... We, we went long with our um, talk of everything else. We're going to skip this week's question. All right, okay. So that's we'll fine. Do it next, we'll do it next week. That's fine. Um, so let's do it. So the movie, first of all, it opens up. We have to talk about it right at the top. 
the music. Oh. The single greatest horror movie theme song ever written, ever will be written. Yes. And that's it. Yes. There's nothing better. Yes. Sorry. Correct. Truth. Can we just agree on that at least? Absolutely. That is, it is easily my absolute favorite, favorite of all time yeah. horror movie theme songs. It's, and it is so simple and perfect. Better than Tubular Bells. I don't give a yes. fuck. Yes. Better, you know, it's, it's, a it's thousand percent, the yeah. absolute best. And it's the, in its urgency and simplicity. Yeah. You know, just listen, do, 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 do. But it's like so urgent. Like, you know what I mean? There's a fervor to it. Like, yeah. like you're running. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I always feel like I'm running when I hear that song. Like, I imagine running. There's a there's a frantic pace that's sort of embedded in that song. And, then, and I think. And then that like ominous background pops up. Doo, doo, and the low notes start to come up. At, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's I great. I love it. I love it. John Carpenter, of course, wrote the song. Yeah. Directed the movie. Yep. Wrote the movie. Fantastic movie, man. Fantastic did everything. Man. Yeah, he did great. And he works with Buckethead, so it's really great too. So yeah. it worked, you know. He um, also plays Assassin's Creed at his age. He does, which is awesome. It's incredible. I'm, He's playing Valhalla right now. Um that's next. I'm finishing up I'm finishing up Odyssey. Yeah. We're in the middle of it now. Which is like so much fun because have, he's yeah. playing on the island that my family's from. My family's from Kefalonia. Yeah, that's where so you if, start the game. Yeah, and that's yeah. where you start the game and yeah. that's, that's fucking cool. It's fun because Christina's family is from Greece. Mm-hmm. My... Half my family is from Norway. So it's a fun, I get to, yeah. we get to go back to the uh, the motherlands. <laughs> so, Talk about our respective mythologies. Yeah. Oh. Big fun, big fun. Mm. So <clears throat> best horror movie theme song for sure. Yes. Again, you want to talk about living in your wrongness. If you don't think so, you're living in your wrongness. Oh my goodness. Sorry, but it's true. But if, okay, but you know what? I am curious. Maybe there is a song out there that I'm not thinking of. Like when people ask me what my favorite song is, I'm always reluctant to say what it is because I know that there'll be another song that I'll be like, oh, right. Like I can't remember all the songs. So if there's a song out there that you think is better than the Halloween theme song, please let us know. Send an email, comment on an Instagram post. Um, just find us and let us know because I would really better. love I'd lo- but but I'd like to hear other people's opinions. All right. That. I mean, okay, so the Halloween theme song, that's the that's the common thread pretty much in the Halloween movies. Yeah. Of course, not counting Season of the Witch, part three. I know. <laughs> I know. That's the Silver Shamrock. I know. That's great in its own right. We'll get there when we talk about that movie. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about the themes that kind of go throughout the franchise. So Exorcist has, of course, that iconic song, of course, Tupac Bells. Mm-hmm. You know, Halloween. Nightmare on Elm Street has a great theme song as well. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Jason sort of sound effect kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But there aren't a whole lot of, like, common, big common thread theme songs. And this doesn't include stuff like Dawkins' Dream Warriors from Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Can't count that. What about Killer Clowns? That's pretty great. That's pretty great. But not the best. No. That's a top five. Yeah. That's a top five. But that's a that's a that's a recurring theme song. You know what I mean? Yeah. That theme song is peppered throughout the movie. It's so great. It is. I love it. It is a good song. It really is. It's that's like what it's I'm a saying. good there's song. Good, I mean, there's something we said. There is a lot of good music in horror movies. Mm-hmm. For real. Oh, speaking of which, I haven't updated in a while, and I'm gonna do that this week. So I do have a Spotify playlist. Mm-hmm. 
to go with this uh, podcast. So you can look up Watching Horror on Spotify podcast as well. on Spotify playlist. That's Watching Horror podcast. Yeah. Okay. And you can look it up on the playlist, and I've compiled all the songs that we've talked about from the movies we've done, mm-hmm. and some other music that's sort of inspired by I've peppered in there. Okay. I mean, because it's me. There's a lot of metal in there. I'm sorry, but it's true. Hope you guys like Cannibal Corpse. So, (laughs) yeah, but it's totally worth checking out. You guys should check it out and follow it and stuff. Awesome. I need to update it for sure, but I'll do that. Yeah. Theme songs, Killer Clowns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just wanted to get that off my, uh, right right on the top. Just wanted Mm -hmm. to talk about that. So let's get into it. Yeah. Let's learn about Little Mike Myers. Movie starts off in 1963 on Halloween. Yep. And we, uh, we find ourselves in... Haddonfield, Illinois is pretty much where it's all this stuff is going to be taking place. So the movie opens in sort of this weird situation where it's almost first person through majority of the section of the beginning of the movie where we we see uh, a woman is with a with her boyfriend. They're making out. They go upstairs and have sex for about a minute and 10 seconds. <laughs> and Speedy's out the door. Right. We're going right upstairs and we continuing going through this. First person point of view, we see the clown mask, whoever, whoever, whoever's eyes we're seeing it through puts a clown mask on, mm-hmm. grabs a big fucking knife. Yeah. You know, we know where this a is going. huge. Yeah. Fucking knife. It's a big boy. That thing is gigantic. It's, yeah. I mean, like, we have one of those, like, huge shun knives. Yeah, I love that. Knife. And it's gigantic. Yeah, it's a big one. But this is, like, outrageous. Yeah. I don't even know what you, it's like, it's almost like they took a machete and cut that down. It's too big to be a kitchen knife. It's amazing. It's Yeah, it's pretty great. It's a great knife. It's a pretty great knife. With knife in hand, we're first person point of view, which is where we see the babysitter who just had sex with a boyfriend is super happy that it took a minute. Babysitter? Yeah, it's a babysitter. It's, it's the sister, but she's babysitting. Oh, you make it seem like she's oh, no, the no. babysitter. She's, she's a sister. She's a sister, yeah. So she's combing her hair topless in her room. Which is like it's fucking the best, weird. Right. Because <laughs> right? that's so what you weird. do. Yeah, that was played by uh, Sandy Johnson. Mm-hmm. She's a she was a Playboy model mm-hmm. back in the day. She was in a bunch of movies, bunch, it's like six. And each one of her movies, she was topless in each one of her movies, and each one of her movies, she doesn't have any lines. <laughs> so she's really just there for the topless chick in the movie. Just just nipples. Well, she's gorgeous. I mean, she has perfect boobs, tiny waist, and she looks great in that tiny little red underwear she's wearing, and she's brushing her hair. Yeah, like Jan Brady Mm -hmm. with the shirt off. You know, the the point of view opens up the door. Michael, she's very upset. I guess we're looking at a kid, and Michael stabs the shit out of poor Judith Myers. Yeah, he kills her within the first 10 seconds. Yeah, you see- So, you know, the movie opens up, and he, he- there's a death within the first 10 seconds. Yeah. For you sure. don't know who it is at first. And then we're outside and it's young Michael. His parents just pull up mm-hmm. as all this crazy shit is happening. And he's walking outside the house in a with clown, a, knife. In a weird clown mask, a really shitty clown mask. And his clown outfit. Well, it's Halloween. Yeah. You know, so he's in his out, you know, he's in his Halloween costume, you know, so just after he kills his sister and spares his other sister. Well, you don't know that yet. We don't, we don't know, know that, that yet. That's true. Um, we but, don't know that. You know, like if you if you know Halloween, you, you know the story. So anyway, kills his sister and heads outside and mom and dad just happen to pull up. What and, timing? And there he is standing outside with this 
dumb fuck look on his face. Yeah, this thousand yards giant knife. A six year old um, Michael Myers outside on the curb. Yeah. Waiting for his parents to show up. Which Super is super weird. I feel like he should be a little old. I like I don't know, he looked like eight to me. Six yeah. is too young. Like our son young. is sick. We have a six year old yeah. and he's way too little and young for that. Yeah. A big six year old. But it then is. again, Mike Myers is a big dude, so it's possible. It's possible. You know what I mean? Yeah, our six year old's a scrapper. He's a little guy. Yeah, yeah. So um <laughs> so once uh we uh Michael's parents Michael, what happened? You know, he's got blood all over him. He's wearing a knife. Okay. Fast forward 15 years. By the way, it's so weird, by the way, that like, just let's just fast forward a little bit here. So this movie starts out, Michael's 21 years old. Like, what the fuck? Like, he's six in 1963 when the movie movie opens. Mm -hmm. 15 years later, six plus 15, he's 21. Right. It's weird when you watch this movie... I don't think that it's, I don't get 21 years old from it. I don't know. I don't necessarily get an age from it. Yeah. But 21 seems to me, he should be a little bit more limber and spry. He's been in a mental facility uh, for a long time on meds. That sounds like Just kind of sitting around. Uh, You know what I mean? But when you think about it, he does act somewhat juvenile, hiding behind things. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, (laughs) Actually made a, a bulleted list of things that he hides behind. It's one of my favorite things about the movie. I think Mike Myers hiding behind things should be like an Instagram or yeah. like some kind of a thing. Someone should like start someone with time. Um, you know, and and one of those uh the fuck is his name? William Shatner masks. Mm. Uh go go do that. Because yeah. it's fucking hysterical. Just any time he's standing behind something, I crack up. Uh, you know, he's somewhat juvenile in, in that in that sense. Plus, he does he is young looking. You do see him at the end of the movie. You see his face for a minute, and despite yeah. his fucked up eye, you know he does look really young. So it is difficult. Like you thought, you do think of him as like an old man, but I think that's just because he's wearing that mechanics outfit. Yeah, and he's got that mask on. It's hard to really get an age from him. Plus, he's always like plodding along. He's never so running. Slow, yeah. He never runs. He he's always just yeah. walking. Yeah. You know, he's a, he he's got this incredible knack for like you you could be on the Concord, okay. Yeah. And he you land in another country half hour later, right? You go from America mm-hmm. to London and, and somehow he's walking he's, behind you in the airport. No, he's not walking. He's hiding behind a pillar at the airport. <laughs> he's standing yeah, awkwardly, he's standing behind awkwardly the pillar. by the yeah. And then when you pass by him cuz he'll let you, then he starts walking after yeah. you. And like it doesn't matter where you go. It's the craziest thing. It's like a superpower. He just he can you could be running, you could be in a car, and he just shows up. Yeah. He and he's just walking the whole time. Look, I I'm, love that about him. I'm just gonna say it. Like I get it, Mike Myers is supposed to be like the bad guy. Yeah. He's a villain. He's a murderer. Yes. He's a fucking creep. <laughs> Yeah, right? he's a creep. He's a real fucking creep, he's a that real guy. Creep. Fucking creepo. Oh my god, he's a creep. He's yeah. also hysterical. When he hides behind things, oh, I yeah. find him. His, I, I, there's something about Mike Myers. Just, just the like the thing, <laughs> like Mike Myers just showing up in places, and also standing behind things. It's just, it's it. When you really think about it, like how he's just always a couple of steps behind. You could be running. In a car, like I know, I keep saying this, but it's just if you really just stop to think about it, it really is hysterical. 
You know what I mean? Just yeah. the idea that he never goes away. He just keeps coming. And he's never running. He's never like, you never see him breaking his... He's never running. It's just yeah. walking. Well, do you think with, the, <laughs> with that... So two things, right? Two things. One, do you think this movie's scary? Do you... Yes. Yeah? You think all these years, you think it holds up? You think as many yes. times as you've seen it? And as kind of like goofy as him kind of always walking everywhere and still managing to catch up? Yes. As is, it still holds up and still scary. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's got it's got all the stuff in it that would make for uh, even a person these days to to get nervous, especially if it's someone who doesn't watch horror movies. Like if you get someone who's seasoned, like us, like put a movie like that on, and we'll find it entertaining. Yeah. But like, I guess it depends. You know what I mean? Like even nowadays, I feel like if you're not the kind of person that watches horror movies, this would scare you. Yeah. And it's be- and it's also because there's a lot. There are many parts of the movie where you keep expecting something to happen and nothing happens. It's and slow. that adds to the suspense of it because you really never know when something really is going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's so many false alarms, you know, like, uh, you know, there's there's a part in the movie where uh, one of the main characters, we'll get into that, of course, but one of her friends spills, I think it's like, like popcorn, popcorn butter. And butter yeah uh all over her clothes and Stupid she's Annie. <laughs> i fucking hate her um i really do she she's doing her laundry in this like back shed that what the they fuck have. is that some laundry shack it's pretty cool to Crazy. be honest with you they got this like back like this backyard like laundry house you know murder and... slash laundromat shack <laughs> and you keep but the thing is that she's in there and she's like in her underwear and like the uh, the husband of you know the couple for whom she's babysitting she's wearing like one of his button-down shirts and boots and by the way i just want to say how much i love her outfit that that outfit the yellow boots and the button-down best outfit and well, those she are her looks clothes. great in it and no those, i love yeah. it and those are her clothes you know this is a low budget movie mm-hmm. was was a low budget movie so one of the things to kind of keep the budget down was they had the actors wear their own clothes mm. so they didn't have to, you know, get, get pony like a up budget for, a, for, a, for, for wardrobe. wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah. Which is. And these, it's inconsequential. What they're wearing in, oh yeah, it in doesn't this matter. case doesn't matter. No, 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 they're no, just no, a no. bunch of teenagers. You oh, yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So having them wear their own clothes makes sense. Yeah. That you works. Know, makes it more authentic in my opinion. I think for sure it does make it more authentic. On the other side of it though is. Because it was a low-budget movie, this originally was titled The Babysitter Murders, and it took place over... The script was different. The originally set out, it was different in the sense that it took place over a few days, and it was sort of strewn about. Budgetary concerns made him condense it all into one night to kind of keep sort of the locations and everything kind yeah. of simple. That's a really common thing. Yeah, for sure. It's difficult to continue to go back into locations because it takes so much to set up. Yeah. They'll do five different parts in the movie as long as they take place in the same place they'll do all of them in that one location and then move on to another location and do all the parts of the movie in that location right i i find that that's got to be like difficult as an actor you know what i mean you don't get to go through it from beginning to end it's all chopped up and you have to remember what part of the movie you're there what you're supposed to be feeling what's supposed to be happening well funny you should mention that to get to yeah it's funny you should mention that they did do a they did, John Carpenter did do a thing for Jamie Lee Curtis because of that issue 
her having to be scared and this being her first real film role. Mm. This is her first movie. She was on a show, was it Petticoat Junction? She was filming this during that hiatus of that show and she was having difficulty maintaining where her emotion needed to be given the scene. John Carpenter created a fear meter for her <laughs> and said, for this, you're going to be at a level seven. Gotcha. You, for here, you're going to be a level four. Mm. So that gave her a point of reference That's where really she smart, needs to be. Concise way you know, to because do it. of, you know, I mean, for that, you know, especially a movie like this where it sort of builds in, the t- in, in intensity. Yeah. Where you are at any given point can get kind of a little muddy, I think, if yeah. you're not used to it or you don't even really quite, you're fumbling your way through it. Yeah. Which seemingly she was, you know, having a tool like that to be like, all right, you're at a level, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Now you know you have a baseline. You can whatever your level nine is. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, I could see the difficulty in maintaining, you know, a consistent, you know, feeling or emotion or varying degrees throughout a day. Um, or, um, you know. uh, emotions that are supposed to fit with what you're doing in the script. Yeah. Based on you know what I mean. You're taking a movie and chopping it into pieces sometimes sure. doing the beginning then the middle then the end in the same location within the same day or yeah. two days you know especially if it's low budget you're doing it in like two days yeah uh <laughs> i've worked i've worked on a lot of low budget films and uh they you it's just let's go let's do it mm-hmm. and you don't have a whole lot of time yeah so so yeah i, I always i always wondered you know how how not only how actors kind of were able to switch modes like that but also how you're able to do it in chunks but then the continuity is the same like it makes sense when they edit it together like it's not choppy it doesn't look like it was all done if it's at the good same yeah time. if the you editing is done well if you're a good director and able to direct and your a actors good actor too, yeah course. you yeah. know I, I think like i think there's got to be a line i don't Maybe I'm, maybe, I mean, I clearly don't know what I'm talking about at any given time, but like, especially when it comes to this, like I'm, I'm not an actor, believe it or not, nor am I a filmmaker. Big surprise. I know. But, (laughs) you know, I think that maybe there's some sort of fine line between direction and letting an actor act. You know what I mean? Let them do what they need to do. They're playing the character. Let them be the character. Yeah. And versus telling them, this is what you need to be doing now. Right. You know what I mean? I think that there's, I think there may be some difficulty in, in maybe the best way to approach that. But I think you're forgetting a couple things. You know, the, the, like I said, the actor is, is put in different states of mind depending on what scene they're, they're acting in. You know, one minute they might be drinking coffee, the next minute they might be screaming, running from uh, the killer. You know what I sure. mean? So um, it's, it's really up to the director to get, to you know if it's not happening naturally the if the actor's having a difficult job it's the director's job to pretty much be like you need to get it like like let's say like they're supposed to be like a big monster or something like that right mm-hmm. and you're supposed to be scared of the big monster but the actor's giving you like 20 percent of the fear factor that you want you, you can't just let them go with it because right. then the movie comes out and it's like ah meanwhile there's like this giant monster it's supposed to be like <gasps> You know what I mean? Like, there's a big difference. Sure. So there's a line, you know what I mean? Like, your obligation is to tell the story the way that your 
the way that you see it in your mind and you have to try to get that out of someone else while also giving them the artistic freedom to do it the way that they want. It's a hard balance. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And it depends on the director. Some people, some people trust the actor enough to just say, go with it. You know what I mean? You do better on your own. People like Bill Murray. People like Bill Murray, you just have to like let him go. Well, he's going to do what he wants to do and yeah. it doesn't matter I don't think it's what up, you want. It's not up to the director. He's going to do it anyway. Exactly. So but, either you're okay with it or you're not. But it's a success every time. Bill Murray, like he does it. That's that's what he does. He's successful. People love him. Yeah. Every movie, he, the movies he's in are fantastic. He's fantastic. Do you think he's a good actor? And he's a great actor. Yeah. I think he plays Bill Murray in every movie. That's my. That's what. That's what I'm getting at. But like, but it's a good character. You know what mm. I mean? He's even Bill Murray in the serious roles he's in. You know yeah. what I mean? He's just he's just Bill Murray in everything. Yeah. Just he's just toned down a little. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, but and, and that's not necessarily the sign of a good actor. But he's entertaining to a point where like the stuff that comes out of his mouth is hysterical, and and directors. They, you know, a lot of times, like you can, you can really push and be a dick, and not not be a dick, but like be like, no, this is how I want it. Right. Do it like this, or fuck off. Yeah. But you're not going to do that to Bill Murray. You're not. No. You well, you don't I mean? hire him for that. When you hire, that's him, you know what, what you're I'm getting. Saying. Exactly. You know what you're getting. You're exactly. Gonna get, it's going to be difficult. And that's but what he wants to do. He's not going to be difficult. It's it's that you need to. He's the kind of person when you hire him, you're hiring him because of what's coming out of his. Yeah, brain. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, not because of your reactions or whatever, but of the shit that you know that's going to come out of his mouth. It's fucking golden, and you let him do his thing. That's his craft. But not every actor's like that. Some right. people, you know, really need a director mm-hmm. to tell them. This is what's happening, and this is what you need to do. I guess it's situational. You know I mean? then, That's right? what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, and it's a balance too. It depends on the actor. It depends on the scene. It depends on the director, the movie. Like, yeah. it's so situational. Yeah. Um, I could never do that. Which? Either. <laughs> either. Honestly, like, no, I don't think I'd have the patience for either. That's too much interaction. <laughs> It's a lot yeah. of interaction, but it's all scripted interaction, which yeah. is the best part. Yeah. It's not, you don't have to actually talk to people. In fact, you can completely, you know, like exclude yourself if you want to. And it's not that I would want to be rude. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm like, I'm, I don't think I'm better than anybody. I don't think that now, obviously. And I don't think it would be that way if I was in any of those positions either. Anyway, I just rather not deal with people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I a legitimate. That misanthrope you know yes. and i don't uh i don't feel bad about that but <laughs> you shouldn't feel I bad don't. about that i really don't <laughs> i'm just trying to explain like how that works like yeah, no, and, I, and yeah. why sometimes you have to you have to really put your foot down as yeah. a director but jamie lee curtis you know she plays the main character in this movie Lori um strode strode right strode 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 right yeah. s-t-r-o-d-e right O-D-E. Mm-hmm. um and she, she essentially, I don't think she got this role on merit alone. I'm pretty sure her pedigree that helped, helped, uh, that helped land her this role. She wasn't the first choice. I, yeah. Who was she the first choice for this one? The first choice was uh, the daughter of a woman who was on Lassie. I don't have the name in front of me. I know. Um, but that's, that's who it was. And she didn't want to do it. Mm. And then they got Jamie Lee Curtis and they, Got Jamie Lee Curtis because she got it on her own merit, but re- really hammered at home was Janet Lee is her 
mm-hmm. mother mm-hmm. and being in Psycho, it's a nice gimmick to kind of go off. Oh, of. absolutely. You know what I mean? Her father's also Tony Lee Curtis. Tony Curtis, yeah. So, oh, right. I'm sorry. No, isn't it Tony Lee Curtis? No, it's Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis. Oh, it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Right. I'm, re- I'm okay. Yeah. What time is it? Um, doesn't matter. Yeah, Jamie. Yeah, Tony Curtis. Uh, that that doesn't hurt either. He's he's huge. Yeah, he's yeah. Was wasn't a good father though, from all accounts. She hates him. Yeah. Okay. Hate Fair him. enough. He's dead. Anyway. Fair enough. You know, hell is full of dads. <laughs> Just That's saying. what George Carlin says. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Hell is full of death. <laughs> so. Baking pies without another. Let's get back into this. <laughs> Sorry. So we're going to fast forward 15 years and now we start off October 30th, 1978. The and day before Halloween. All Hallows Eve. And this is 15 years later, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 1778. And, um. This is where we first meet Sam, Dr. Sam Loomis, played by Donald Pleasance, mm-hmm. who, by the way, filmed all his scenes in six days in this movie. Um, all of his scenes? Yeah, all yeah of them I could in see that. He He's in not in it there. like a ton. No. I'm actually surprised that it took that long. Yeah. My note says, Doctor is a shit stain. Yeah. I don't like <laughs> this Sam. I prefer the Loomis and the Rob Zombie Halloween movies because he's a real asshole. Mm. And I kind of like that. He's. This St. Louis is just whiny. Hmm. No one's listening to me. <laughs> He's really dangerous, guys. <laughs> really, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be so sorry. <laughs> My God. <sighs> That's what I hear when you talk. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I don't. I don't like the 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 Loomis um, in the Rob Zombie remake. I really. really I like him. He's kind of this really shysty. He's an asshole. He's a real opportunist. I kind of like that. And it and it 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 makes for a better story. It makes an interesting character. You know what I mean? Yeah. It makes it makes an interesting character. Yeah. But it also makes it like I don't know. You kind of want you kind of want his doctor to kind of be like like trying to protect him, sort of. You know. And what he mean? did, but that's the thing. In the Rob Zombie one, he kind of did. It wasn't until after that he became this kind of really shitty kind of person. He really did want to protect him. In this one, this Sam Loomis. He fucking hates him. So well, let's yeah, get into this here. He definitely so, hates him. Yeah. So, so his entire goal is to keep him off the street. Yeah, right? his whole and thing. They're, right. They're riding at night to um, there. Who to is Smith's Grove. Uh, so him and- Yeah, Loomis and the nurse, uh, Marion Chambers. Right. Yeah, they're driving to the sanitarium where they have Mike Myers, and they're, gonna, they're supposed to pick him up and bring him to a trial, but it's like in the middle of the night, which is fucking weird, yeah. but whatever. Yeah, I don't get that part. Yeah, no. They pull so they pull up and you know, it's pouring rain, they get out, they see all the patients are milling around the Like lawn. zombies, which is yeah, really funny. Which is weird. They're all like I you could argue that they're all like, you know, doped up, you know, yeah. just to keep them docile. You they know? do that. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. However, they didn't dope up everyone enough because this is where Mike Myers makes his escape. Mm-hmm. Which is really weird. So this movie, what I noticed here is in the car, they made a real point to show the matchbook with the rabbit and red lounge yeah. on it. So like, okay, do you see this? Mm-hmm. You know, really, they really, I know that in movies, you have to pretend that your audience is a moron. Right. Right. And here is a good example of that. They kind of hone in on it. See this matchbook? Now you're going to see this again. You don't. You do. You do? You do. Yeah. Oh. We'll get to it. Yeah. So I don't remember. Yeah, you do. 
And it's, we'll get to it. You know, she's, this, we're, this is where we're finding out what's happening. Loomis is saying, we're supposed to, you know, there's a, I guess a hearing as to maybe Michael may be getting out. Loomis doesn't want him to because he's super dangerous. He needs to be locked up forever. They're going to keep him like super doped up. So he's like this drooling, you know, uh, so lump he of can't even stand water trial, shit. Yeah. So he can't even stand trial and they're going to keep him in there. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where you mentioned that he hasn't said a word in 15 years. Right. Loomis has been his doctor for 15 years and he hasn't said a word. But Loomis knows mm-hmm, that he's very dangerous. His actions in the hospital may have shown him that. Maybe. Do you think so? Yeah. Do you think there were instances in the Absolutely. hospital? Between him and other patients? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Yes. I think that that definitely is a thing. I think that I think you put him with people. There's a reason why he's kept away from the other people Yeah, uh, for the most part. Well, you um, don't know that, right? Because as a juvenile, it's different. They don't keep them with the adults, right? No, but so, you can still segregate a juvenile from of course, the rest yeah. of the population. Of course, of course. You know, um, and considering the crimes that he committed, uh, Which crime actually. Crime is really, one. I mean, come sister, on now. Let's... You know, and that's really it. At, at, at least at first, he killed the sister. Yeah. Um, one murder. Come on. <laughs> come on. Let's move one on. One murder when he was six. Look, we all make mistakes. <laughs> All right. Come on. By the way, I just want to bring up, um, because I have this in my notes, which of course now I'm looking at. And I don't know if you noticed, but when Judith Myers gets killed, yeah, she like she like dies like she likes it. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed. She's like, "Ah, Michael. Of course. You know what I mean? But she's had sex for a minute. Of course. She wants something in there. Oh my God. (laughs) What is a real penetration? (laughs) From her brother, unfortunately, and with a knife, but still, oh penetration. God, so much wrong with that. <laughs> so. Uh, if you haven't hit stop by now, gold star. <laughs> then you caught a good line then if you haven't hit stop yet. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was good. Um, yeah. So they I go, hated that, though. I'm sorry. Go it's ahead. okay. It's all right. I, I think that was the, uh, come on, she wasn't an actress. I know. You know. I'm just saying. There's a there's a lot of topless women in this movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not even about the fact that she's topless. No. So the fact that he was like stabbing her with the knife. She's like. Ah! Yeah. Ah! <laughs> she did kind of like it. Yeah. Like, sounds like she likes it. What the fuck? Of course. <laughs> Having been unfulfilled five minutes ago. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? That's yeah, what I'm that saying. That guy was in and out. Like. Literally. Yeah, that was great. In every sense of that word, he was in and out real quick. <laughs> Figuratively and yeah. literally. True. Ugh. So patients are milling around. Sounds up all kinds of alarms for do- uh, Mr. Dr. Sam Loomis. Mm. Gets out of the car, you know, tries to figure out what's going on. The nurse is still in there smoking a cigarette. And uh, some lunatic jumps on the roof of the car. You can see it real quick. Breaks the window. With his bare hands. And uh, within a struggle <clears throat> with the nurse, nurse gets out of the car. Patient hops in the car and drives off. We find out Mike Myers. And I just want to say, like, what's there's a sound effect that they put in. The yell. When he jumps. Like, he kind of, like, falls out of the sky onto the car. Like, he's wearing the gown. 
but he kind of like falls out of the sky. Yeah, it's true. And jumps yeah. on the car. Yeah. And there's this like red light from the brake light and whatnot. And then he, you know, he he breaks the window with the palm of his hand. But there's this like crazy sound effect that comes through there. It's, it's like it doesn't belong. It and you don't really hear anything like it again. You know, in the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, at least not that I remember. But no. Um, it's like there's like like this weird. Sound. Well, you don't hear anything because doesn't he doesn't he only grunts. Like towards the end of the movie, so he definitely doesn't make another sound. So no, it's not. He's not making the sound. It's a, it's a sound effect from. It's like a it's like a a scare sound from the oh, movie. You I know what I mean? Saying. Like a like just like a, a. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something yeah. like that. You know, but it's like this weird sound, like sci-fi sound <laughs> that he makes when he like kind of shoots from the middle of nowhere, like falls out of the sky onto the hood of the car, <laughs> onto the roof of the car. Excuse me. <sighs> I just thought that was always weird. I, it took weird. me a while to figure out that that was actually Mike Myers. I thought that was someone else. Yeah, you did. it's not clear. You don't find out until a little bit later, you know, for sure. I was like, oh, it's one of those crazy. It's, it's a crazy. Yeah, it's, you a, know what it's I mean? a crazy, and it couldn't be Mike Myers because he's driving away. And Mike Myers was locked up since he was six. Right. So how can how you drive a car? How drive? One of those things we'll never know. Actually, they mention it in like one of the sequels. Oh, do they? Yeah, they say. Oh, well, he must have. I think they either mentioned one of the sequels or some sort of fan theory. I can't keep everything straight. <laughs> All right. So I don't even know what an air fryer does. I'm going to keep a thousand movies. And, um, Actually, yeah, this is your podcast. You should know. Okay. But you know what? I, look. All right. So the, the thing is, the explanation given, not in this particular movie, is that he was being shuttled between different doctors and court appointments and mm -hmm. things like that. Having been in the car, he can kind of, he saw the mechanics of it. You know, yeah, he can yeah. kind of see how he's, it works. He's been watching people drive. He's been watching people drive. That's it. Yeah. I don't, you know, and that's pretty much the, the answer that's given, but I don't know, he's pretty good at it as he kind of peels away considering he's never been behind the wheel. Regardless, next we meet Laurie Schrode. Jamie Lee Curtis, who mm -hmm. always looks old, as you pointed out when we watched the movie. Yeah, she always, she never looked young. No, um, you know, she doesn't look old, though. She looks mature. She's got like a mature face, though. She, how old is she in that movie? She's supposed, she's supposed to be a teenager. Yeah, and granted, like, like, okay, they, movies and TV and stuff like that, they're, they're not really known for getting people at the age they're supposed <laughs> to be. As we all know, the cast of 90210 was like in their yeah. 30s. They're supposed to be like teenagers. I see you, Grease. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, but I'm pretty sure she was supposed, she's a teenager. Yeah. And uh, she plays a teenager. Mm -hmm. But even then, she looked like she was in her 30s. Yeah. Like her face, she just has a really mature face, but she yeah. looks, I don't know, she looks like an old lady to me, Even especially the way she was <laughs> dressed, like she's supposed to be a teenager and I get that her character is supposed to be like the responsible one, she's yeah. supposed to be like a little more, you know, she's the smart one, she's the proper one, she's the one that doesn't date, she's she doesn't go out late, you know, yeah. She's, she's, yeah, she's a good girl, you know, um, and that's supposed to be who she is, but it ages her still. You know, she, she, you know, she goes to babysit, you know, she and her friends, you know, they get out of school and they're walking and, uh, you know, they're talking about what they're doing that night and how they're babysitting. Uh, you got PJ Souls there. Yeah, PJ Souls. Uh, you know, she's a cheerleader. Mm -hmm. uh, it's so hard being popular. <laughs> <laughs> I have to learn on three new routines, <laughs> and then there's the game, then I have to get my hair done, <laughs> and then there's the dance. <laughs> um, so hard being me. 
That sounds like an awesome day, though. <laughs> that sounds like a great day. You know, you're like this thin, pretty, blonde cheerleader. Learn your new routine. You do them at the big game where you look great in your little cheerleader uniform. And then you go and get your hair done at the salon, which is like so much fun. Um, And then you get to wear your dress, which you look smashing in, of course, to a ball and probably fuck your boyfriend afterward while you're high or drunk. It's a great day. It sounds like a fantastic sounds like a good day. day. That is a full day. So what's she bitching about? I don't know. Yeah, she's you know a, what? She's a teenage girl. That's Ugh. all they do. I, I was a something. teenage girl once. Trust me. That's all they do. They oh, just man. bitch all day long. I know. I, I can't. They don't stop. Nothing's don't ever know. good enough. Yeah. And it's just bitch, 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 moan, moan, moan. I don't know, man. You girls, 13 to 23. Oh, yeah. Like, you guys are much better. Um, oh, please. I could, I'm not going to. Let's not have that conversation. The I'm just saying. Men versus women thing. It's, no. it's been done to death. But, yeah. You know, she's uh she's you know she 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 later goes babysitting uh she brings a pumpkin and her knitting bag you know i don't know a lot of 17 no. 16 17 year old kids that are bringing their knitting bag to their babysitting job on halloween it's uh that's it ages her that's all i'm saying you know that's an I mean? old that's old lady behavior yeah, there's one part, like, during that part where she's, like, walking, she's, you know, there's a little boy in the neighborhood, um, she's walking to school. Her dad tells her to drop a key, he's a realtor, he's yeah. selling the Myers' house, right? So he tells her to drop a key because it's on the way to school, drop this key under the mat because the realtors are going to go over there and, like, you know, show the house or whatever. So she does. And she meets up with a little boy from... Tommy Doyle. Yeah, from the neighborhood. Yeah. And she goes, you know, I don't know, something happens, like there's like a, like a, something startles her, I don't know, I forget now. But she, she makes this face, like she looks back over her shoulder and she's like, you're, so st- you're still superstitious, kid, or something like that. And she tries to make this like really serious face. And it's just Christ awful. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I, you know, look, I'm not like, I'm not an actor and I'm really not trying to like shit on people, but even she will acknowledge that. The acting in this movie is just Christ awful. She wasn't happy with it, and yeah, she wasn't happy with it. No, um, and so that I don't really feel that bad about saying it because she right. even acknowledges that she sucked in it. She doesn't acknowledge she sucked in it. She was unsure of her performance, and she had John Carpenter had called her after that first day, and she thought for sure that she was going to get fired. She was like, "That was fucking terrible. I'm done." And he called to say how much he loved it. What that means is I don't have anyone else to fill the role. I can tell that you're really self-conscious about your performance and I need to build up your confidence so that you'll stay because it is way too late to find another Laurie Strode. So he's a better director than she was an actress in this movie. Absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> yes. That's basically the reality of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to bet. All right. Um, yeah. All right. So you just mentioned that how she dropped the key under the mat. Yeah. And she kind of does that look back. And that's when you see that first, where you get like the shape, you yeah. know, like they, they credit Mike Myers as the shape. The shape. Just because it's always like a shadow. He's always kind of never right fully in view. There's always some part of him that's covered. Yeah. You know, so they call him the shape. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty great. I really I do, do like I really that. love that. I agree. So he's in the house, the Myers house. Mm-hmm. When she kind of looks back and she kind of sees, you know, he's like kind of looking out the front window. Yeah, creepily. Or the door window. Like creepily, Like a fucking creep like he is. Right? That's when we kind of first get that intro of him standing behind things. It's like, oh shit, he really is there. He really is. Yeah, exactly. You know, he really did mm-hmm. break out. He really is there. Exactly. After that, 
we go back to Loomis fucking complaining to the other doctor about how, you know, hey, you, you should have warned everybody. Yeah. Again, now we're going to start the Loomis blaming everybody but him fuck himself. <laughs> so I don't like him at all. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> all fucking angry. Well, I mean, not away. for nothing, but it's kind of like, how the hell was he supposed to know that this was going to happen? You know what I mean? Like 15 years, this doesn't well, happen. Well, that's the thing, right? Suddenly he goes down there because he needs to pick him up because to, br- to bring him to some hearing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's he he breaks out. But well, like, how is he supposed to know that that was supposed to happen? I submit that he doesn't know. That it was supposed to happen, right? He's blaming everyone, but he's telling people, I knew this was going to happen. I know where he's going. Maybe that's why he wanted him so drugged up, though. Yeah, but how is he Because he made it a point, like, yo, I don't want him to be able to stand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want him to be able to fucking- he, he, she's like, you, you just want him like a like a blubbering idiot and just said, sitting yeah. there? And he's like, yeah, that's exactly what I want. I don't yeah. ever want him to get out of jail. Or out of the hospital, rather. And he, yeah, he had said that he's like pure evil. He said that throughout, you know. And this movie actually comes from, there's actually kind of a, there's some inspiration here. So back in college, when John Carpenter was in college, he took a tour of a psychiatric board uh, while in college. While he was doing whatever classes, whatever it was, in juvenile. And he came across a child who was just staring at him the entire time and said that, he had never been so scared in his whole life just from the look that this kid was giving him. He mm. said, it was just evil in those mm. eyes. He goes, I just, and I never forgot it. Hmm. And that was where sort of what sparked this, that was the seed for this idea. Wow. Came from that occurrence. That's you know? interesting. So. And that's the, exactly what they say in the movie. Exa- right, says, exactly. You know, when it you is, look at him, all I see is just pure evil. It's right on the nose. Yeah. There, exactly, you know. So again, Loomis blames him, drives off. Lori's in class, and now we see another instance here of Mike Myers standing behind things, right? Yes. She's in class. She looks out the window. And he's standing behind the station right. wagon. Right. He's standing behind the station great. wagon with his mask on and the whole thing. <laughs> I love it. Of course, it's it. the whole, she looks out the window, sees him, does that double take. Yeah, gone. and he's gone. For, for someone who moves so slow, he moves pretty fucking quick in this those This is what instances. I'm saying. It's like- I know. I get it. I don't get it. I know. I know. I know. It's crazy. He mo- he he moves so slowly, but he's always where he's supposed to be, meaning not where you can see him when you're looking, right? Because right? he's also behind the sh- the the hedge later on, yeah, and right then they, the they just like walk up to it, and not for nothing, but you can see through the whole hedge. Like like there are shots in the movie where it's like behind where they're walking, and you see that like you know there's enough space between the leaves of the hedge, but that you can totally see what's behind there. Mm-hmm. So, like, if he ran away, you would see him <laughs> just, yeah. like, approaching the, yeah. the hedge. But they're like, where did he go? You know what I mean? She pretends like he's there. Like, yeah, so, yeah. his friend, her Annie. friend Annie, yeah. like, pretends like he's still standing there. And that's the thing that always pissed me off. It's like, but but you would have seen him run away. Of cor- well, of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Well, I mean, then that goes to show you, like, and then for me, at least, as the viewer... I think you're supposed to think, like, did she really? Is that per? Is it really there? Is yeah. he really there? You well, know what I mean? Because you don't know. He has to be really there because she doesn't know what he looks like otherwise. Like she just keeps seeing him. You, well, know you what see I mean? them, right? And it can't be coincidental that like you're watching one part of the movie where like someone 
is, you know, like breaks out of the mental institution. And then on the other half, he's like in the house he's supposed know. to be in. Like that let's, that would be a weird coincidence. Let's just keep this, let's just frame this properly here. Yeah. This is a horror movie in 1978. <laughs> no. Yeah. It could be that way. It could have nothing to do with it. We've Two seen enough movies. Parallel where, storylines yeah. in the same movie. And one just kind of abruptly stops and mm. another one starts. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've seen a few of those. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair enough. Fair right? enough. Fair enough. Absolutely. Just to frame it in a way that you just to defend the movie a little bit against an obvious like fucking yeah. oversight. You know. Fair enough. But just saying. Can we talk about his mask real quick? Absolutely. So it's pretty well known at this point that that's a William Shatner mask. Yeah. You know. What I didn't know, though, when I did some research, because I have to do those things, is that wasn't like the initial thing. The initial thing was was sort of up in the air. It was really between this mask and like this hobo clown mask. Mm. And they didn't know, even like right before shooting, they didn't quite know what it was going to be yet. So they kind of took a poll among the crew and said, what's scarier, this hobo clown mask? The clown mask, an obvious reference to when he was a kid. You know, he had the he had the, he had the clown outfit and the mask on when he killed his sister. Oh, right, right. This being the, you know, this is the parallel oh, yeah, as an adult. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense, yeah, you yeah. You know, or this other mask that they have, which they bought for a dollar, which was the William Shatner mask where they ripped the eyebrows off. They spray painted the hair brown. Mm -hmm. They made the eye holes bigger. And they, you know, they painted the um, the whole they mask painted the whole mask, like, yeah, like fish white. belly white, hmm. yeah. Okay. And that's putting, specific. yeah, that's what I, that was. A couple of places would made it a point to say fish belly right, and I didn't want to not give it the proper credit. <coughs> okay. So, and they did this sort of poll, and everyone it was over the top that the William Shatner mask was the uh, was definitely the scariest one. Of the two. And I agree. I think that's so iconic now. Yeah. That is expressionless, dead-eyed mm -hmm. mask in just plain coveralls. It's not some crazy outlandish clown outfit. It's not some crazy, you know, hey, look how scary it is. It's like this subtle, creepo scary, which is perfect for his creepo persona. Absolutely. Hiding behind things. It wouldn't you know, have been perfect. the same with a clown mask. It Agreed. would have been a, a spectacle. Yeah, exactly. And, and it would. Uh, I don't think it would have gone very far. No. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think they did a, they did the uh, the right thing. Obviously, Lori sees uh, sees him hiding behind the or standing behind the car. Love it. And then he's gone again. And now we're going to see Michael Myers again, but we're going to see him full when we see Tommy Doyle getting picked on with the other kids. The boogeyman's going to get you. Yeah. Which was stolen then later in Rob Zombie's I'm Your Boogeyman. Yeah. Uh, later on, which oddly enough, I didn't pick up for for fucking forever that that was where that soundbite came from, like. The beginning of the Rob Zombie, White Zombie. Uh, the cover the for cover. Boogeyman. Yeah, is mm -hmm. that the, he's going to get you, the, the kids saying yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. From, is the soundbite from this movie. Sure, yes. And like fucking forever, I'd never put the two and two together. Years, it's like an embarrassingly while. long time. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a really long time since we've seen it. I know. For, yeah. It's one of those movies that like you see a whole bunch of times and like you really don't forget because it's not like a particularly complicated movie. You know no. what I mean? Other than these small little nuances, it's it's your run of the mill slasher movie. But when we do, yeah, but when we when we watch these movies for the for the podcast, I watch them with a much more detailed eye. And when we talk about it, oh sure, we go real fucking deep. Yeah, absolutely. deeper than Mike Myers stuck it in his sister. Deeper than that. 
And you know how much she liked it. So. Whoa. <laughs> so after the, they're, they're making fun of the kid, they drop the, the kid drops the pumpkin. It breaks. One of the bullies sort of runs around and dr- runs into Mike Myers and he kind of grabs him. You know, one of the one of the little kids kind of turns the corner, yeah. and run and like a like a fucking brick wall, yeah, hits Mike Myers and kind of looks up and kind of like half shits his pants, yeah, of course, and then scurries away, and then he just gets back into his car and starts to drive alongside the kid, yeah, and starts like, following him like some creepo again, another creepo move. And how does the kid not notice that there's like a you know he's just walking along because you know why because he's a hands in his back pockets which is weird he's a little nerd. Who got picked on and he dropped his pumpkin. Honestly, I kind of feel sorry for the kid. Not for nothing. Well, of course. He's got a rough day ahead of him. sorry for a kid that, you know, gets picked on. Of course. I'm not a complete asshole. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Especially when it's a little kid. Of course. Yeah. Especially when he broke his pumpkin. That's one of the things I still even, I can't handle things with kids in movies when they're being picked on. I'm like, hey. Ever since we became parents, that became difficult. I can't to handle watch. anything with kids. I yeah. can't. I can't do it. It makes me uh, no more too uh, crazy. No more Law and Order SVU marathons. No. Oh god, we said goodbye to that nine years ago. Yeah. Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Next, now this is the part I wasn't going to. What I was telling you about before about this uh, matchbook. So along the highway, Loomis is driving to Illinois because he knows exactly where Mike Myers is going. He stops off to make a phone call, and um, he sees the car that, uh, like a, a truck, rather. I'm sorry, he sees a tow truck. Yeah, kind of off to the side, and he has to go investigate. Completely ruining the crime scene, by the way, contaminating everything by getting his stupid little fucking whiny fingers on everything. <laughs> and he looks, and he notices in the truck he notices the red the rabbit and red lounge matchbook and they kind of they've kind of put the camera over to that matchbook Mm -hmm. so loomis knows exactly that was the same matchbook that the nurse had right you know what i mean so you're kind of like okay that's him he doesn't also doesn't even notice the fucking dead guy who's three feet away from him by the way (laughs) loomis is a piece of shit and he sucks well i mean what drew him over there in the first place was that the truck's like kind of Pulled into the grass somewhere, yeah. you know, in like a wheat field. Uh, and the door's open, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like a perfect red pickup truck. I love that pickup truck. Yeah. Uh, or the font, if I remember correctly, the font on the side of the truck is just a little too small. Yep. Right? I think we talked about that uh, the, um, at one point. Yeah, right? on the side of the station wagon it's that Mike little, Myers drives, it it's a little too quite small. look right, mm-hmm. right? And it's just not quite centered. <laughs> yeah. You know what? A true government vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. True government vehicle. I couldn't vehicle. remember if it was that or the lettering on the side of the red truck, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Station wagon is serious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, but the uh, the pickup truck, uh, but that's what catches his eye. You know, he, he sees it off on the side of the road, door wide open. Um, I think he does see the body. I just don't think he doesn't he see the body. No, I think he does. I just no. think he disregards it. No, he definitely doesn't disregard it. He doesn't see the body because you see him looking at the truck and you see, kind of see the body off to the, on the camera because he's off on the right side of the screen. Very vividly because I'm like, it's right there, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I know he doesn't see it. I've seen the movie a hundred times. But like, I'm like, I don't know why I'm watching. I'm like, I'm hoping it would be different this time. Just turn your head a little bit. But he doesn't. So he misses it completely. 
then we move over to where you were talking about PJ Souls complaining about being popular and having all these great things to do, and it's so hard. <laughs> you know, yeah. So Lori Lori meets up with her friends who are completely uncharacteristically uh, like her best friends. Yes, they're, they're right. All, How many friends? I don't know. Good, um, good call. I didn't think about that. I don't get it. Yeah, but you know, I, I guess you know she's kind of like the unduff duff. I don't know if you know what a duff is. I don't know what that is. A duff is a designated ugly fat friend. <laughs> every, yeah, every group of pretty girls typically has a duff. Um, I've never heard that before. Yes. There's a whole movie about it, actually. Yeah, about these like really pretty popular girls and they have like a friend and like she doesn't realize it, but then someone at a party tells her that she's the duff. And then explains what that is. And then, like, of course, there's this whole makeover situation that ensues to, like, get her to not be the duff anymore and be the swan or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a cr- it's crazy, yes. But she's obviously, obviously, she's not ugly or fat. I mean, I guess I mean, she's definitely not fat, but she's... I, I Jamie guess, Curtis? Here, yeah. No, I mean, obviously she's not even... She's not, she's no, not no, 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 no. I know, I know, I know. That's my point, is that, like, she's not fat, but it's, I guess it's up to you whether her or not she's ugly. Her nerdy demeanor makes her you not... You know what I mean? Yeah. She's not particularly attractive, that's for sure. But anyway, but but the point is that she's not, she's not like the others. You know what I mean? She's like the smart one, the, you know, the, the stay-at-home one. The responsible the, one. The responsible yeah. one. The yeah. others, you know, they drink, they smoke. But she also, she smokes weed with Yeah, uh, she does, Anne, with Annie. Yeah, she you does. Know? Um, but Annie's got a loud mouth. PJ Souls, you know, she's got a loud mouth. Yeah, Linda. PJ Souls is Linda. Linda, sorry, yeah. I'm just I just think of PJ Souls. Oh, of course, I had too much local age. It's never. Whatever happened to her? <laughs> Such a good album, <laughs> man. You know, um, if you like post grunge music, local age is still making music. Check it out, and it's awesome. Yeah, no shit. They've gotten. Yeah. If all you know around. is copacetic. No, keep I mean going. bound for the floor. Sorry, it's called bound for the floor. If all you know is that, dive deeper. You're missing out. It is. They they make some really good shit. Yeah, here comes the zoo. Uh, uh, whatever happened to PJ Souls? Keep going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Twelve Angry Months. Twelve Angry Months is good. It's great. Uh, really great band. Check it out. Yeah, but yeah, but all her friends are like outgoing, loudmouth. You know, boyfriends go to parties. She's not a party person. She doesn't have a boyfriend. In fact, she gets annoyed because some uh, because yes. Annie talks to some boy. And says that, and tells this boy at school that she has a crush yes. on him, and she got so pissed, and she's like, "Please don't do that." So <laughs> she, you know, she seems to just not want to date, which is fine, right. you know what I mean. But it's it's interesting how she's got these friends that are like super super outgoing, and she's just not like that. No, um, you know, it's 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 funny. I don't get how that works, but you know, whatever. I guess, like I said, every group has to have a duff, and even though she's not a duff in in the true sense of the word. <laughs> Um, she's the duff, like, you know, she's, she's the one that doesn't do the thing with everyone else. She's not like everybody else. That's okay. Yeah. And good thing too, because someone has to fucking kill Mike Myers. Yeah. The rest of these fucking idiots. So. Well, they all get dead with the, uh, the horror movie trope, you know, reasons you die in a movie. Yeah. You know, sex, and drinking. Yes. Drugs. But you know what? That was not on purpose. Oh, really? In this particular movie. So it wasn't supposed to be that thing, you know, where, well, they're having sex. It really is just, it just, that's just the way it turned out. According to John Carpenter, it was just the reason why Lori survives and the rest don't 
is Lori's not preoccupied with having fun, having sex and drinking mm. and this, that, and the other. So she's more aware. She's seeing Mike Myers. The other people aren't. Right. You know, she's the one who's on guard. Tommy Doyle sees him more than anybody Tommy else. Tommy Doyle he keeps sees screaming it. that he sees the boogeyman yeah, across the street. Exactly. You know, Tommy Doyle's also not preoccupied with sex and drinking either. Right. So <clears throat> there you go. He's but, preoccupied with TV and Lindsay. That's true. That's right. <laughs> that's right. You know, so which is the girl that uh, that that Annie is babysitting. Right. So that's the whole thing. Um, all three weird. of them, yeah. they're walking home, you know, and it's Halloween. And their plans, their big plans for the night are babysitting. Weird. Um, yeah, that's and that that's probably the biggest problem that I have with this movie. I, I love this movie. I gotta tell you, I, I, I think this might be like my favorite or like the of the first like like you know how there's like a first horror movie to every series yeah this is like my favorite first horror movie really to any series no kidding yeah for sure this huh. is easily my favorite my my favorite first movie it's like. rare for you to give a favorite yeah it is it's um, rare but for there's you to a say lot favorite. of things about but you know what it is the pool is really small you mm. know what i mean when it comes to music the pool is fucking it, it's infinite yeah at least it feels that way like i'm 38 years old i've got you know 30 some odd years it's because you know it's not the full 38 but it's 30 some odd years of listening to music intensely um you know it, the pool is just yeah it's limitless yeah um might as well be i can't remember it all so anyway, um, with horror movies, it's a finite number. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like a ton. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as, with the exception of Saw. In terms of that, franchise That's probably movies. the second favorite first movie mm. of a franchise. Yeah, I'm talking about franchises yeah, yeah, only. Of course. Like when yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. one, two, three, four, yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not talking about one-offs. <clears throat> um, but I think that, yeah, Halloween might be my favorite, like, Especially slasher, like in mm. the slasher verse. Yeah, Halloween's easily my favorite. Wow. Okay, that's great. That's it's, awesome. it's a fun movie. It's it's a fantastic. Movie. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But the, so, but the thing that got me the most, like at least when I was a teenager, Halloween was a huge night. It was everyone got dressed up, everyone went and got drunk. We all did drugs. We all. When you know, when we were young, young, we went trick or treating, obviously. But mm. as a teenager, especially around that age, we were just like, you know, in our costumes, getting high, hanging out, like doing all the things that like they're doing just mm. while they're babysitting. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. We just we did those. That Halloween was a huge night for that, like yeah. having a party somewhere. I suppose. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and, and like these girls are babysitting for the night, but the parents are going out. Yeah, but they're not going out in costume. It doesn't matter. They're not now. You know what I'm saying? The whole thing starts off with Mike Myers being home, babysat by his sister because his parents are out, and it's Halloween, mm -hmm. and they're just out. Like they come home while he's outside with the knife and they're wearing like long coats yeah you know what i mean like they went out for dinner or something i, I you know where it's halloween went. you know where they went they're not in a <laughs> you know where they went <laughs> tell me you know where they went what was it where'd they go they go to the rabbit the rabbit the red rabbit you no know, in thing? they go to the annual haddonfield illinois suburban neighborhood key party <laughs> that's where they go they don't need costumes. 
This isn't. We don't need any of that bullshit eyes wide shut <laughs> ass nonsense. We don't need any of that. <laughs> you just show up. We're going home with the neighbor's wife, and that's what's happening. She pulled it at Chevrolet. Fucking Chevrolet. That's right. I'm pulling one of your moves. You see that? <laughs> I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. And that's what happened. That's awesome. That's why they're not home. They're too busy with neighbors' body parts inside and around their mouths <laughs> and other parts. That's why they're not home. A wild imagination. <laughs> and that's why no one even no one's even coming to the doors or the windows when people are screaming bloody fucking murder at night because they're too busy. You know. Why? They're in the key party. They're yeah. Is it a virtual key party though, no. or does, are they banging on the doors of all the people who are banging on the key parties? No, they're, they're it's all it's one key party. They're all in one central location, which is right next door to Lindsay's house. Well, maybe that could be. You know what I'm saying? Like the the houses are all switched now. No one's actually at their homes. They're at different homes, right? Right, because they're all swapping partners. Well, Lindsay's hat. Lin, and I keep referring to Lindsay. She's the little girl that's being babysat. Yeah. So Annie babysits this girl Lindsay right and what's her name Lori babysits Tommy Doyle mm-hmm. so Tommy and Lindsay when I say Lindsay's house I'm talking about the house that of Lindsay the little girl yeah. who's being babysat but right. that's where all this shit goes down it all happens in her house some of it happens in her house and then at the end it happens in Tommy Doyle's Oh yeah, yeah. right cuz she's trying to go back in yeah. and then yeah He's yeah sleeping, you're right gets to go, yeah but a lot of those yeah yeah yes so yeah, right. it's the, it's it's the Haddonfield Key Party. So that's why no one's so anymore. <laughs> well, about but that. that's the thing. Okay, so but so like they're doing it in both movies. Like it's not not both movies. I'm sorry, in both instances. Like yeah. when Mike Myers is a mm-hmm. kid, they're going out. Yep. But then 15 years later, it's still a yeah. tradition. Yeah. Kids saw, aren't. Yeah. There's like one group of people who go trick or treating. You yeah. see like the same group of kids going from house to house. Twice mm-hmm. and or three times, whatever it is, but it's like it seems like it's like the same group of kids, and like and like the parents are just out for the night. Yeah, well, yeah, it's an, the annual happens every year. <laughs> annual Haddonfield, Illinois, key party for fifteen years though. It's a long-standing tradition. People like it. So like, like they're like old people there too, who like have been going. Is there an age? You age out. To this thing? You do age out. What's the cutoff? You think 55, 50, 45? What's well, the cutoff? I think the cutoff is you got to feel it out. I think people just <laughs> age out. There's no hard and fast rule. <laughs> you got to feel it. out. The hard and fast come in different places, but not in the rules. That's what she said. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's not like a rule thing. You got to feel it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In 1963, when the Myers folks went, you know, 15 years later, they're still not going to the key party. They've, they've aged out. They're done. Okay. I mean, they, they can't even go next year. They remember what happened. Right. They Forget it. It's a whole traumatizing thing. They don't even want to know about the key party anymore. They wish they hadn't gone. <laughs> what happened really was that... Obviously, of course, they were at the key party, came home, saw the mess of, you know, killed one of their daughters. Of course, their son's got to get put away. It's very traumatizing and very awful. But, and they did, of course, have to speak out and say, you know what? If we hadn't gone to the key party, maybe we should all be home more often with our children and going trick-or-treating and really spending at home with our families. These kinds of things wouldn't happen. They met with a gigantic amount of resistance because Haddonfield loves fucking key parties. (laughs) Loves them. So, oh my God, what is happening right now? <laughs> so they were ousted from the neighborhood, and these poor Myers parents, dear God, 
they have to deal <laughs> with the horrific thing with their daughter, their son. Awful, 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 awful. <laughs> so they got pushed out of the suburban neighborhood. Can you believe it? The the the, the neighborhood association pushed them out. Bill, because they spoke out against the key party. No one was going to lose that shit. No amount of dead kids, <laughs> dead babysitters, whatever was going to make them lose that. No way in hell. No. I think you just described hot fuzz. Just with a different. <laughs> Maybe. I don't remember key parties in hot fuzz, though. No, no, but that little, like, you know, that little... Like, the weird cult? That little cult thing. Oh, it's not a know? cult. No, no, no. See, this is kind of a thing. So, no, no, I get it. I get it. I'm just, I mean, yeah. I guess I'm making a bad comparison. Never mind. That's just the, that's what popped in my head. I think I'm onto something. I think you are. Yeah. I think that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I think you're on something. <laughs> so, <laughs> we get a The note. fact that you're not on something yet still came up with that. Is that a good thing or a That's bad a thing? That's a fantastic thing. I think now it's imagine good. what you could come up with if you were on something. I don't think either of us is prepared for something like that. <laughs> I think you should try. <laughs> don't. <laughs> something a little stronger than coffee. I don't know. I'm going to, uh, as Dave Windor from Monster Magnet would say, after 40, you don't come back. <laughs> you know? He said that much, about LSD. I'm yeah, not talking about LSD. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to go on, but I'm not going to go on it. <laughs> I'm a good boy. I don't do those things. So, you know, uh, as you were saying, now we get this convoluted thing. Who's babysitting <laughs> who with the with the whole conversation? And then we get another Mike Myers creepo drive-by incident. Right. Where this time, instead of creeping by slowly, he's fucking flooring it yeah. past these girls, of course. And he yells, speed kills. He stops. You know, it gets Yeah, she like shouts second. at him. Yeah. And he like hits the brakes. Like, yeah. And I never, I was always. I feel like that's all I say. I never understood that. I never got that. But like, it's not like she called him a jerk. No. She just said, hey, speed kills. That's probably the worst thing he's heard in 15 years, though. You think so? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I doubt it. (laughs) Bitch, I kill. Speed kills. What? I will kill you. (laughs) Watch me. Watch me. As they continue to walk after that, after, you know, he's speeding away. They're walking a little further. Lori sees Mike Myers behind a bush. Of course, it startles her. Annie goes to take a look. No one's there. As you had mentioned earlier, no rumbling. He just fucking flat out disappears like some kind of vampire mist Just thing. like he showed up on the roof of that car. Exactly. <laughs> fucking disappears, as they say, like a fart in the wind. Exactly. And he does it again. Because next, when Lori's at home, she's looking out the window, and he's... Standing behind the... Milling around the clothesline in the neighbor's yard. That is my favorite one. That's a good one. That's my favorite one. Yeah. Because like a quarter of him is like being hidden. Yeah. And it's hysterical because he's this huge lumbering man, right? He's a big dude, yeah. He's huge. And like he's standing behind these like like sheets, sheets, you (laughs) know, but on a clothesline. And they're really only covering like a quarter of his gigantic body, but he's just standing there as if he can't be seen. Like he doesn't think they can see him or something. Not that I think that that's what he thinks. It's just the way that he's standing there. It almost looks like he thinks they can't see him. (laughs) And it makes it so much funnier when you think about it like that. (laughs) Because it's funny. Yeah. He's just 
standing there creepily and awkwardly. He's always standing like, somewhere creepily and but awkwardly. But never like right in front of something, always like behind something, Half, halfway yes. or a quarter, or there's always like a piece of him that's like hidden. It's like that, yeah. So I feel like he like he always has that like ostrich syndrome, you know? Like if you can't see me, like if I can't see you, you can't see me. <laughs> you know what he's like? He's like that weird guy in Parks and Rec. Do you remember in Parks and Rec where it was um, the girl you hate, the awkward one, and it was always like weird and mean? Oh, Chucky's mom in Chucky's uh, mom, yeah. In in yeah, in she's what's it? What what the fuck is her name? <sighs> April. Yeah, April. she's just <sighs> yeah, she's yeah, she's over everything. Yeah, but her she has a friend. I forgot the name now. Who's like super pale and like super weird, and he's always like behind like a plant or something. Not oh talking yeah, to anybody? That's Mike Myers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, just weirdly standing there awkwardly, you know, and that's you know that makes sense for him to be awkward. Yeah, but he, it's just I just it just adds to the comedic value oh, of absolutely. that whole thing that he's just Mike Myers standing behind things. Yeah, it's such a great. Concept. I want to see him stand behind like a bus stop pole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a candy machine or yes. like one of the things you put the quarter in and it in like you ride it, like, you know, the little kid thing. Oh, my God. You know, or like behind a horse on a carousel. That'd be funny. You know what I mean? That'd be good. Like, that, I don't know. That should be a thing. Mike Myers standing behind things. Somebody do, do that. Do it. Somebody do that. Do it. it. It costs them a dollar to get that mask. You can do that. You can do it. Or Photoshop it. Whatever. Yeah. Just do it. Someone do that. Yeah. Because that's a good idea that. That would oh man, that would make me laugh. <laughs> that would Mike be good. Myers standing behind things, greatest thing I've ever heard. Anyway, my best invention yet. That's pretty good. Or maybe you should do it. I don't have the time. We can barely get these episodes out on a weekly basis. I'm going to start on Instagram. I'm also four foot ten. I mean, well, I'm not saying you be Mike Myers. I'm well, who the saying, hell am I supposed to get to be Mike Myers? I don't know. I'm with a nine-year-old and a six-year-old, and then sometimes an eighty-three-year-old. I don't know anyone tall enough. To Maybe you be should Mike get Myers. the eighty-three-year-old to do it. <laughs> My grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> she hates wearing the fucking the surgical masks for for COVID outside. She bitches and moans about it. Yeah. Well. Um. She's uh. She's certainly not going to put that thing on. Tell her to. With Man the jumpsuit? Mm-mm. She's got to do it. That'd, That'd be it. awesome. She's got to do it. I might try it, though. She might do it. She, she would might. do it. She's fun. She is fun. Yeah. She would do it. Even at her age, that would be funny. She would actually be a better um, Jason's mom. Yeah, she'd be a good uh, Pamela Voorhees, yeah. Yeah. I could see that with the sweater. Yeah. Anyway, tangent. So we're gonna let's breeze through a bunch of this here real quick just yeah. for the time here. So um I mean there's really not like a ton to unpack. No. You know, the girls go the girls go home. The girls right? go home. Right. And then they meet up later on. Um, you know, uh they all have a babysitting job mm-hmm. to tend to. Um, with the exception of what what what's PJ Souls's uh Linda. Linda. She doesn't have a uh, a babysitting job no, or whatever. No, no, no. She's just chilling with her boyfriend she's got that a night. But she's meeting job. up with Annie, I think, at her at the house that she's babysitting at. So convoluted. Um, yeah. You, you meet here and I'm gonna take you to and this. Then, like, and you tell them I'm they going to bring here. the kids to like the different houses yeah. as if the parents are supposed to be like, oh, okay, well, what should I do with uh, what time should they go to sleep? Like what yeah. you know, what do you 
how are the the parents are going to come home and their kids not there and like no. oh they're just sleeping at whatever's house after I, their night I do you think they're gonna out. care oh I, not after their night well i mean now fine but i mean like let's say none of that had happened and you know Lori went over there with the kids no, just no. because and then nothing happened right but like the kids you know let's just say they just went off and fucked off they were drinking and having sex and they just left they just ditched the well, kids that's with what the Lori. parents did Right, fine, but like they paid for babysitters. I'm just saying, like the babysitters. <laughs> so then, value for their no, money. no. I'm just saying the babysitters then decided to ditch the kids with one babysitter okay. without even telling the parents. Well, and if let's say Mike Myers wasn't like a thing, and Annie just went off with fucking what's her name, Linda? Linda. I can't. I don't know why. I can't. I don't know why. Think of her name. I just keep thinking PJ Souls. With let's just say they went and fucked off together, right? And they left. Lindsay with Lori, like that's really fucked up. That is irresponsible. Yeah. yeah, so all bunch of filler things happen here. So we're gonna fast forward all the other talk of Loomis being a whiny little bitch and finding the uh gravestone taken of his sister, of uh, Mike Myers' sister was stolen. Yeah, I mean, he essentially yeah. kind of like pulls the sheriff of the town around by the nose yeah. <laughs> and goes, here, look, let's visit here. Oh, shit, he did something. Here, yeah. let's visit here. Oh, shit, there's something there. You know, they go to the gravesite for whatever reason. I don't even know why he would think to go to Judith Myers' gravesite, but they go there and mm-hmm. her gravestone's missing. They go to the Myers' house. There's a dead dog in the house. Yeah. Um. You know, they seem to find something everywhere they everywhere go. Everywhere he goes. They see yeah, where he was. Right. Right, they, but yeah. they never really seem to have any concrete evidence that he is or was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the per- the person at the uh, cemetery, um, the groundskeeper is like, ah, oh, these fucking kids are on Halloween. You know, mm-hmm. they do the dumbest things. Like, he's chalking it up to just kids being kids. Meanwhile, it's like Mike Myers stealing his sister's, you know, gravestone. Gravestone, yeah. Um, and strangely enough, though, when do we see it again? We see it at the end of the movie. Yeah. After he bed. kills um, uh, L- Lindsay? Linda. Linda. After he kills PJ Souls. I'm just going to keep calling her that. Because <laughs> um, it's the only time I can get it right. After he kills PJ Souls, who is just fucking her boyfriend in the bed. Um, his name was Bob, by the way. It takes me right out of it. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> oh, the guy with no arms and no legs in the middle of the ocean. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and there's, by the way, there's no way... Linda would date Bob. Eh, depends. I don't know. I think she's too uh, popular for Bob. You think so? Yeah. I think you give girls too much credit. Teenage girls. Maybe. The standards are pretty low. I'll tell you that right now. At least they were. Mm. These days, girls seem to be a little more empowered and a little more assertive and in control of themselves. But at least when I was growing up, and then I think generations before me, it was a little bit looser than that. Yeah. Right. So the next time we see the headstone is is with you know Linda dead in the bed after he killed her. Yeah. Which I just I never really quite got because it it seems like there has to be something to the just had sex thing because he killed his sister after she just had sex. Yeah. He kills Linda. She he kills PJ Souls mm. after she just has sex and puts the gravestone right there over the pillow. Yeah, and it's not like he killed Lori and did it. That would make sense. You right. know what I mean? He kills some other rando person he doesn't know, but puts you know this really important symbol 
uh, on top of her or in front of her. Yeah. Uh, which, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I was kind of like, what the fuck? It's like, a startling. Why is the headstone there? And then there's also like a jack-o'-lantern in the corner? What the fuck is happening? Well, there's happening? a startling image, right? The headstone over the bloody body of yeah. uh, Linda. It's like, yeah. holy shit. You don't yeah. expect to see it. Right. You know, you don't see that coming at all. And then you're like, oh, that's where that went. Yeah. Right? Because like you, you saw that the headstone was missing. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So there's like, your like, oh, shit moment. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. fuck. You really like, did take it. Like, that's fucked up. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up. It's really fucked For up. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But now, skipping all those things, now we're babysitting everybody. And uh, Tommy looks out the window and he sees the shape. Yeah. He sees the boogeyman. He sees it. That's like, yeah. Because he keeps the asking throughout the movie yeah. whether the boogeyman's real. You know, mm-hmm. it's a thing that, it's a thing, it's a recurring question. Yeah. Uh, even when, even in the beginning of the movie, when Laurie's walking to school, he when asks first about the Tommy, boogeyman. Yeah. You know, plus when he's getting picked on there, yes. they're saying things about the boogeyman to him. And, you know, and then he keeps thinking he sees the boogeyman. Kids has got a real thing with the boogeyman. Even I'm the just saying. Whole school knows he's got an issue with it. You know, makes sense to why Rob Zombie picked that song. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. He loves it. Yeah, I get it. Even though the original is better. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, you can't do the finger guns to Rob Zombie's version. I'm sorry. You can't do finger guns to Rob Zombie's version. And there's nothing better than that. Dun, 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 dun. You got to do like the hip fire mm-hmm. finger guns. Oh, I get it. Yeah. It's, that's a, that's a, you hear that song and that's, that's what you're doing. It's fantastic. Yeah. But you, the uh, Rob Zombie version, you can't do that. No. It doesn't work. You can't. That's true. It doesn't it doesn't make it an a inferior song. In my opinion. If you can't do hip fire finger guns in a song that you were able to once do hip fire finger guns, it's an inferior song. I respect the criteria. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I don't agree, but I respect the criteria. I appreciate that. Okay. All right. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'll so, take it. Okay. So after uh, stupid Tommy sees a silhouette, yeah, you know, well, he's not really stupid. Like he actually sees Mike Myers. <laughs> like he really sees him. <laughs> so Annie's making popcorn, <laughs> bitching about the dog. She spills butter all over her clothes, of course, and yeah. we see another reason why we get to see more teenage girls take their clothes off. That's right. Right in a weird murder laundromat shack in the backyard. Yeah, super fucking weird. Love that. Yeah, she. So she goes. Puts her clothes in. I kind of like it. Locks herself in there. It's weird. I like it. You like it? They got like the all the laundry stuff in there. What if like, it rains though? That what if it rains? There's no. It's not like it doesn't have a roof. It has a roof. But you got it from bringing the clothes from the the the, the laundry shack. It's to like the house. five seconds. I don't know. I don't know. I and don't usually, when you're that. carrying like a basket of laundry, like you're hovered over it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. Doesn't seem that long. Well, bad things happen, as we can see, if you have a laundromat, Mm. if you have a laundry uh, room outside, Mm -hmm. like an outhouse. I actually had to use an outhouse. I know. For several summers, and it's it's horrific. See? So there you go. It's awful. But it's not an outhouse. It's a nicely finished laundry room. Well. You know what I mean? It's not like a wooden shack, you know. Uh, Yeah, no. No, I that the outhouse I remember was quite different from well, that one <laughs> to the point to to the to the point where I was like, oh, that's a nice that's a nice little room they got back there. 
God. Weird that it's in the backyard, but it it's a nice little laundry room. I gotta tell you, I do like the little snippets of our lives that we've kind of just kind of pop in there. Oh yeah, I used an outhouse for several years. Like what? <laughs> With no context. Just leave it. Let it hang for a while. I'm not gonna say why. Don't say why. Let it hang. <laughs> so <laughs> now we find, of course, you know, Michael's outside, mm-hmm. creepily watching, of course, knocks over a plant. Mm-hmm. Annie's attention, blah, blah, blah. Kills the dog outside. Yeah, Stupid Lester strings yeah. him up. Yeah. yeah. Good. Um, hey. <laughs> hey. Remember, do you remember when I try to say offensive things just to get your reaction? <laughs> uh, like every day. Every chance I get. You do it all the time. Yes. But fuck. You didn't go after the dog like that? That's just. Look, man. That's just mean. Look, he's a creep. He's an awful person. He's evil. You're like, but you said like, good. He killed the dog. That's fucked up. I've just about had it with barking dogs. <laughs> All right. Look, we live in a neighborhood where everyone has a fucking dog and everyone's <laughs> fucking dog is loud. <laughs> All right. And I've had it. I've had it. How many how many weekend Sunday mornings am I going to have to be woken up at like 6 or 30 in the morning for someone to let that fucking dog out? I know. So, I, you know Take what? Take it for a walk. Something you know is if you're, if you're taking on the responsibility of, of of bringing an animal into your home, at least give it the courtesy of a walk in the morning. This is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Well, I don't hate dogs, but I hate them when they bark that early in the morning. I hate their owners. Yeah, I feel bad for them. Uh, That's how I see it. You're a better person than I am, so I, I don't like the dogs. I'm really not. I so. just feel bad for dogs that are neglected by their owners. <laughs> That's all. So inside the house. I don't feel that way about children, though, just so you're aware. Some kids are fucking assholes. Okay? I don't like other people's and kids. even if the parents try their hardest, sometimes the kids are just fucking assholes. Yeah. But animals don't have the ability to do that, I don't think. They are just a product of their environment. I don't know. Some animals are real jerks, too. That's actually a good point. Monkeys are assholes. Monkeys are assholes. I've had a few cats in my life that were real pieces of shit, too. Yeah, cats can be bad. Raccoons. Yeah. Nasty animals. Kangaroos, I hear, are really rough. Crocodiles and alligators, Mm. those are really tough ones. Yeah. Honey badgers fucked up. Yeah, so there's a few. Ostriches. Hippopotamuses. This is what I'm saying. It it goes on. Lions, tigers, bears, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's lots of them out there, I guess. For sure. For sure. Fire ants. I could go on. Should I? No, I think we should find, <laughs> we should go back here. So Annie, of course, has locked herself into the fucking room like an idiot. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, she locked herself into, no, she didn't lock herself in. I think she got locked in. She locked herself in. Does she? Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, so she locks herself in and calling for Lindsay to help her. Yeah. She's fucking helpless. The phone rings and Lindsay, and it's Annie's boyfriend, Paul. Right. Which is, by the way, it's actually John Carpenter. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, fun fact, the dialogue for the men and women, because John Carpenter was unsure of how to write women correctly, mm-hmm. he had his wife, Deborah Hill, who co-wrote the movie. And mm-hmm. Wrote the dialogue that the girls speak, and he wrote the dialogue that the boys speak. There's hmm. not much of that, granted, but fun fact. So she wrote most of the dialogue for the yeah for <laughs> the for the women, yeah, because she knew knows how movies mostly women. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Look. So Look. she wrote most of that. I'm not going to defend the patriarch today. 
Okay. Please don't ever, <laughs> in fact, do us all a favor. I like to do it when it comes out of nowhere in left field and I tell you to get back in the kitchen. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> good times charming charming yeah <laughs> good times so Lindsay finds annie stuck in the laundry room and gets her out they go back in the house and of course and paul calls again because paul's a little horn dog of course mm-hmm. just like everyone in this fucking movie mm-hmm. right well yeah they're all teenagers yeah true hormone infested teenagers as they as they like to always say in the horror movies of course because paul needs a ride so he's got to go get annie and that's how Lindsay winds up over with you know glory strode a ride fuck boy yeah well fuck boy needs a ride paul fuck needs a ride get, you know but he doesn't get one he doesn't he doesn't though because annie after annie drops off Lindsay at uh, the doyle household she gets in the car, and uh, after, of course, oh, the keys are locked, in and all that nonsense, whatever, we find out, and now we get the first real Mike Myers adult kill here mm-hmm. with Annie when he fucking slits her throat. He strangles her, then slits her throat, he fucking really hammers home. Yeah. He doesn't want her to breathe anymore. <laughs> He'd rather Annie shut the fuck up and not breathe. <laughs> Doesn't he strangle what's her face on the phone? Um, she's on the phone with him, and 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 uh, Lori's like, first I have to hear you chewing, yes. and then I have to hear you uh, like squealing or whatever. And to me, it sounded like because he's like, what, it was PJ Souls, right? When he was like, Annie's the one who was chewing, and then PJ Souls is after, right? Which, yeah, right. So she's like, first I have to hear Annie chewing, and now I have to listen to you. Yeah. Yeah, you like squealing or whatever. Yeah. And to me, it, 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 if I was her, I would have thought she was like having sex on the phone while course, I was yeah. like on the phone with her. And yeah. She's like, oh, now you're squealing. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? It totally sounds like she's like, if you didn't know she was being strangled, you'd think she was fucking someone. Yeah. But she's a good girl. She doesn't know that. She, yeah, she doesn't think about that. <laughs> she's got her crochet bag. and That's right. Mm-hmm. Probably a picture of Jesus Christ on the crucifix. Yes. With the... Uh, Footprints in the sand, uh, poem oh, in the back. That's right. She was being carried. <laughs> so again, now again, we see Tommy who's seeing things, of course, that no one else sees. He sees Mike Myers across the street carrying fucking Annie's lifeless corpse yeah. into the house. Yeah. Right. Why wouldn't he use the back door? I don't know. It seems stupid to me for him to go all the way around to the front. He's making it a point. Yeah, he you know, wants to be seen, huh? All the adults are too busy fucking each other's wives and husbands to notice anything. <laughs> and he knows party? this. He knows this. This is why he can get away with it tonight, because he knows. <laughs> he is well aware. Well aware. That's a good point. I this mean, his say. parents were there, so. He knows. Yeah. Maybe this is where it all comes from. I'm just putting it out there. And maybe that's why he's always killing people who are having sex. Because, because his, his parents, parents weren't were at there. a key party. He was upset. Yes, look. Look. He wanted to go trick or treating, but he couldn't because his parents were too busy out fucking other the people's neighbors. neighbors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, his sister might even be his sister. He doesn't know. Yeah, who knows? He that might, that that guy might not be his dad. Mm-hmm. Let's put that out there. Yeah, could be or the mailman. Yeah, who the hell knows? Yeah, I don't know. I see it. I see it. I think your theories are fantastic. I yeah. think so too. They make sense. Yeah, you know. Again, now we have Loomis is creeping around too. Now in the dark, scaring kids. Who's trying to go into the Myers house and he's got to fucking hide behind a bush. Mm-hmm. That's where Mike Myers got it from. His fucking creep hole doctor. <laughs> anyway. 
moving on. Linda and Bob are drunk. They go and have sex, and they don't know that Lindsay is at uh, the Doyle house, and Annie's fucking dead. And uh, so they're getting all hot and heavy, and Michael, like hot a creep. Hot and heavy. That's right. Well, we have the use of vernacular of 1978 as well. And also Seinfeld. Hot and, oh, yeah, you're right, with the uh, <laughs> saxophone, uh, the, the musician guy. I call it hot, hot and, and heavy. heavy. <laughs> We're not show. hot and heavy. <laughs> Who's hot and Who's heavy? <laughs> So while they're uh, while they're while they're getting uh, getting their fuck on, mm-hmm. Mike is watching creepily again. Yeah, do you think he's touching himself? Now you can't really no, see. I don't. You don't think he's no? He's just kind of doing he's a, little, in a rage, a little grabbing. No, a little, no, a little pinch no. and grab. No, no. Okay. Anyway, they're having sex. Phone rings. Bob takes the phone off the uh, off the hook, and he doesn't notice Mike Myers in the fucking room. <laughs> <laughs> Why should he? Why would he? I don't know. So once they're done, Linda lights a cigarette, tells Bob to go down for a beer. Mm, to you know. get her a beer. Get her a beer. Go get me a beer. A good little a good little boy, Bob, goes downstairs, gets some beers, hears a noise, and, you know, of course, looks out the window, opens the pantry door, and Michael jumps out and shoves him against a set of cabinets and lifts fucking Bob in the air and stabs him in his stomach against yeah. the fucking wall. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Myers. Fuck yeah. Bob. Yeah. Bob dies. Yeah, Bob dies. And uh, Michael just stands there for a minute just watching Bob die. Like yeah, he just kind of looks kinda at him there with and head tilts tilts, his head. Kind of like, huh. Yeah. He's interested. It's um, interesting. Meanwhile, Linda's upstairs filing, filing her nails, doing a post-coitus nail filing. <laughs> Because that's what you do. Oh, that's that actually is what you do. Um, if there if there does happen to be a nail file next to you and you are waiting for something, I could definitely see picking it up and waiting for a beer. <laughs> once you once you've dried off your nether regions, like <laughs> what else are you gonna do? I mean, waiting for a beer. If you even bother. That's even if you bother. It's true. You're not. And uh, <laughs> so she's doing that. The door opens and Mike Myers. One of my favorite images of this movie. And I come on, who doesn't love him standing there? With the sheet, with and the, the sheet and the glasses yeah. on over it, it's fucking yeah, it's amazing. Great. It's good. It's amazing. I love it so much. It's so great. And of course, she does. She thinks it's Bob. Can you like imagine him doing it though? Can you like imagine him putting the sheet on? Yes. Oh my god. Like and putting then putting the glasses over the sheet. You know what's really funny? Like think about yeah. him doing it. He has to line up the eye holes and yeah, <laughs> getting it right. It's so great. Right through the mask and the glasses over it. And Bob, he had some pretty thick Coke bottle glasses, so yeah. you know it was a little warped, so he kind of was a little uneasy on his feet getting there, too. It's funny to think about. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so she thinks it's Bob, and just as a ghost, of course, he's quiet. She drops the sheet. She shows, uh, she shows the goods over to Bob. The shape makes no move. Mm. She gets annoyed, calls Lori, and uh, that's when he comes up and strangles her with the telephone cord. Yeah. And like we were saying, that's when... She's on the phone she's with uh, Lori. She's with like, Lori, yeah. you're not going to talk to me? You know, of she, course. She like, freaks out. And she's like, I'm going over to, you know, to uh, whatever the fuck her name is. I don't think she said Lori's because, or I think she said, I'm calling Lori. Yeah. Because she was going to leave. Because mm-hmm. like, he wasn't talking to her. Right. Um, so she's going to go so over she there. She's pissy. She's like, yeah. I'm going to call Lori. You know, so she's on goes, the phone exactly. and calls Lori and she's being strangled and it sounds like she's fucking. Yes. And um, she's like, all right. So. But that alerts Lori. Like of course. Something is happening. Yeah. Right? And Something uh, ain't right here. Yeah. She checks on the kids. She's like, you know what? They're sleeping. I'm going to go across the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once Lori sees that Tommy and Lindsay are asleep, 
Loomis sees a, because uh, he's creepily just sitting around the neighborhood, w- mm-hmm. hoping to catch the car Mike Myers walking by. Yeah. But he actually does. He winds up seeing the uh, the, the car he stole. And he starts running. The old man starts running down the street after the car. Yeah, he sees it parked. Yeah. He spends like the entire day like just standing by Mike Myers' house. (laughs) Just awkwardly standing in the yard and even like like yelling at some kids who are like daring each other to to, like go up the stairs. You know, they're like, I dare you to go. Yeah. Right? And then like as they get closer, he's like, he's awkwardly standing behind a bush. Yeah. And he's like, get out of here, kids. You know, like in some weird voice and they all freak out and they run away. So, yeah, he's just kind of hanging out. Yeah, waiting. But he finally, it actually does happen. He finally does see the car and makes his way over there. Mm-hmm. While we're on this subject here, this neighborhood where they filmed it, mm-hmm. a couple blocks away was where the Elm Street house was for Nightmare on Elm Street. Hey. Which is pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. One of my favorites. I always well, like that house. I love that house. It's great with the door. With the red door. Yeah. yeah. Robert England worked the day on this movie. Just oh, did he? throwing leaves around <laughs> to make it look like fall. In California. That's awesome. Yeah. Fun fact. Was he in the art department? He was just around. I think he just knew people just kind of lending a hand. Just like everybody. The art department. Yeah, no. They spent. The crew was the art department. Yeah, their budget was $300,000. Yeah, and they spent. Yeah. The same budget. Yeah, Yeah. and they spent almost. Most. I think I I saw 200,000 of it was on the camera, on these specific Pan- uh, Panavision cameras ah. that they want to have in this specific ratio hmm. that were a little bit was a little bit more expensive. So a large majority of that money went to the cameras. Hmm. You know, so whoever whoever had a set of hands, just like whoever a body, Jesus Lane, are you going to be Mike Myers in the mask, stand there, yeah. whoever's sitting around and not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. So after Loomis sees the car and starts running away, now we're going to get to Lori doing her... Detective Lori thing mm-hmm. and starts snooping around the house. And this is where she finds this is <laughs> this is where she finds Annie's lifeless body on the bed with yeah. the headstone above it, which which we talked about before. Yep. It's pretty fucking startling. In tears, Lori backs against the closet and suddenly Bob Buckins' body drops down into the doorway. I know, like it's ceiling. like a fun house it's of dead great. bodies. She she opens cupboards and drawers and stuff, it's and there's great. just dead people. Then another in closet all of them. door opens, exactly. You and know? Linda's fucking right, exactly. It's just death. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, Lori runs out, backing against the wall, and then we see Michael Myers' mask appears in the doorway behind her. Of course. <laughs> Michael, of course, reaches out to try and you know, stabs her in the shoulder. She screams, falls over into the uh, into the stairs. This is, I think, where this is the part where I think really cements Jamie Lee Curtis as like this horror icon. This is where it starts here, mm. where it's really her versus Mike Myers because the whole movie she's seeing him but not sure she's seeing him, right? And she's sort of away from all the action for what three quarters of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not until this part where. This is where the seed is planted as that Scream Queen label that she had. Oh, yeah. Back then in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, absolutely. You know, which I, looking at it now and seeing how, how that all played out, watching it again through that lens, it's a lot of fun to be like, oh, so this is where it all starts. And you watch it like, I get it. I can see this is, it makes sense. She became, mm-hmm. she had that reputation from here, you know. Yeah. So she falls down the stairs. Michael rushes over the stairs. So she's running away, locking doors right. here and there. But she finds herself trapped. In the kitchen. In the kitchen. Yeah. And Michael's hand she breaks through to, the door. No, she 
Well, Michael's hand breaks through the door, but then she punches through the glass. Yes, to, to get unlock out. it. Yeah, so Lori smashes through the glass with her hand. It's a lot of people breaking things with their bare hands in this movie, mm-hmm. right? Michael at the in the beginning. It happens a lot. Yeah, that's good for them with their tough hands. <laughs> they make them tough in Haddonfield, huh? <laughs> in Illinois, yeah. Yeah, you know they get free key party passes, tough hands, mm. dead kids. Loose babysitting. Oh, yeah, Who's sleeping de- at whose house? No one knows. No one cares. Crazy. It's all backwards. No one's trick or treating. Yeah. The parents are going out in like nice clothes to, as you, key parties. Mm-hmm. Fucking each other. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a, hadn't built. Wild, build, wild place. Place is lit. <laughs> Looks like a suburb. No. But there's something underneath. There's a lot I'm underneath. saying it's like that Hot Fuzz movie, you know what I mean? It looks like this cute little quaint little English town, but really there's some fucked up shit going on yeah. out there. And that, yeah. You know. Lori runs back to the house. Why she runs back to like the Doyle house where the kids are sleeping, Mike Myers Because they're by themselves. Yeah, so let them stay there. They're safe over there. He's chasing her. Why go there? Because she's responsible. I would have too. You know, like you're responsible for the two kids. They're alone. You don't want him. What if What if you lose him and he ends up going into the house and, you know, targeting the kids? Like, that's a calculated I think that's what risk. She's, I think that's what she's thinking about there. Maybe. You know what I mean? Plus, plus, she's looking to save herself. The only place that she can get into. Because remember, like, she tries, like, banging on all the doors and screaming. Yeah, and, locked, yeah. like, no one answers the door. Mm-hmm. People, like, turn the light off and close the shades on her. You know what I mean? So no one's listening. Like, she's screaming outside, asking for help banging on doors and stuff like that and windows and people literally like close the shades on her and turn the lights off. Well, of course, they're um, busy. I, I get it. Yeah. You know, I get it. Not I'm just saying. That's night of the year. <laughs> we waited all year for this shit. Beat it. You're not old enough. Get, wait, you'll get you'll get here. Don't don't be in a rush. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Plus she's by herself. There's no singles at a key party. It doesn't work that way. That's a good point. You don't. You don't have a guy with you. Beat it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think she made the wrong move. But anyway, she decided to go back to the house, banging on the door, screaming, yelling, throwing shit at the window. Yeah. And Tommy finally wakes from his slumber. And he's okay. Like, yeah, I'm coming. Okay. Hurry, speed it up. <laughs> She's like outside screaming, screaming. bloody murder. He's like, okay. If someone was so scared of the boogeyman, I think he'd be more aware. He should Mm. be, considering Mm. how scared of the boogeyman he is. Yeah. But Lori is in the house. She's hiding from him behind the couch, locking doors. Doesn't really work. Michael gets in the house, and then she stabs him with the knitting needle. Yeah. In the eye. Good thing. No, not the eye. Oh, no? No. Um... I thought she gets him in she the She gets eye. him in the neck with the knitting needle. Oh. She gets him in the eye with the when she's in the closet with the coat hanger. Ah, that's what it is, right? Yeah. So stabs him in the neck. He kind of falls and hits the floor. Lori thought he was dead. Obviously, he's not. Lori, apparently almost near death herself, by the way, from being stabbed in the shoulder. Yeah. Um, and she drops sure the knife. An artery there. And she, she has the knife, but she leaves it down there. Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't even take it with her. Well, who's thinking? Not Lori, that's for sure. <laughs> and Loomis, who's always a fucking day late and dollar short. Yeah. Still trailing behind. Yeah, he just figured out that the car was there. He's been standing in front of the Myers house all day, and then yeah. all of a sudden he's like, "Let me, let me now, late at night, take a walk down the block, mm-hmm. and oh, look at that, the car. He must be here exactly." And then he starts looking for them, and you know, good thing because 
He does, he does kind of come and save the day. Yeah. And, and you know, it's super quiet in this neighborhood. And and the, the sheriff is out patrolling the area. Loomis is creepily standing there. And it's like dead silent. You'd think they'd hear the screams. Yeah. Even How big is this goddamn neighborhood? I don't know. I guess from the moans of ecstasy from the key party, maybe they couldn't hear that. This is what that. I'm saying. Like, I Perhaps. think, I think, you know, there's a lot going on that night. That's a, man. It's a wild place. Yeah, it is. Haddonfield, man. <laughs> Tommy and Lindsay have locked themselves in the in the bedroom to protect themselves from Michael. Lori goes up there thinking Michael's dead. He is not fucking dead. Mm-hmm. He never fucking dies. Nope. At all. So she sends the kids to another room, so and then she right. locks herself in a closet. In a closet. Yeah, and right? she opens up the balcony doors to kind of try to, and lead him right. to think that, that she went outside. She went outside. Right? Meanwhile, she's in the closet, and like he's not, he knows. He's not buying that you shit. You know what I mean? He's like, no. mm. and he tries to like violently open the, that part's really scary. When he's trying to open the closet door? Yeah, yeah, because like she's in there, you know what I mean? And you know like that confining feeling, like she's in, she's all nestled like all the way in the back in this closet, tucked away. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, he's, the doors are really flimsy. Yeah. You know what I mean? slatted it, door. Yeah. yeah closet those, door. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a bedroom um, slidey closet door. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're not really heavy doors. Um, and like, he's like violently like pushing and pushing and like, she's supposed to be quiet. And this moron's like, ah! Yeah. Ah, she's like making noises like dude bite literally bite your tongue yeah. you know what i mean do whatever you have to do to keep your mouth shut mm-hmm. especially if he's trying to make it into the closet shush yeah. she's like making all these noises while she's in there and he knows she's in there and i'm like you're giving it away because you know he's gonna keep trying to get in and he's yeah. like violently like shaking, shaking pushing through the door and, yeah. you know what i mean that's scary and he starts pushing through the punching through the, the slats yeah. on the door Turns the light, accidentally turns the light on, which yeah. kind of like, oh shit. Yeah, when you actually see his, like, yes. yeah, you see him in there. When like, you see like a clear the, shot of him, mm-hmm. that's, that's, uh, it's scary. It's scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's scary. It's super cool. Then she undo it and does the, undoes the wire yeah. hanger. The, yeah. And sticks him in the eye with yep. it. It's just awesome. But this is the thing that seems to really hurt Michael. You know, like the stab in the eye, mm-hmm. that's when he starts to lumber back and yeah. really, there's an effect there. Yeah, the knitting needle to the neck kind of just kind of drops him, but it's the the hanger to the eye where it seems to cause some like pain almost. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, she got him good. That's where he drops the knife, right? That's where he drops the knife in the closet, and Lori takes it and finally stabs Michael in the chest, which he should have done five minutes ago. <laughs> just saying. You know, yes, so- because a seventeen-year-old girl being hunted down by a giant man in a expressionless mask. Is mm-hmm. thinking very clearly. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> your killer instincts are just flooding out, and all the survivalist training she's had thus far in her suburban protected bubble neighborhood. I don't know. That neighborhood's far from innocent, though. <laughs> you know. So she tells the kids to go to the McKenzie house. For some reason, they'll an- they'll answer the door for the kids. They'll hear them, but not all the other shit that happened all night. Yeah. So Lori, barely hanging on to consciousness, doesn't notice that Michael is slowly rising behind her. Mm-hmm. You know, Lori stands up, and Michael tries to grab her neck and starts to strangle her. Mm-hmm. And that's Lori when fights, Loomis... And that's... Well, before that, she starts to pull the mask off. 
Oh, and you yeah, get to see, and you actually see him. You get him, to see yeah. Michael a little bit, mm-hmm. which... uh it was fucked up eye. Yeah. And that's when Loomis comes at the top of the stairs and he shoots and Michael. Poof. Yeah. Bye-bye, Mike Myers. Mm-hmm. At least for now. For a little while. You know. And he shoots him once, and he shoots him like five... He just empties the, the revolver into Michael. Yeah. He falls out the... You know, yeah. He falls out the doors, off the balcony, onto the ground. And you get that... Uh, it was the boogeyman. Yeah. You know, and then Luma says, as a matter of fact, it was. It was, Oh. Yeah. oh. They look back down and they see that My- that Michael is gone. Yeah. Nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. Crazy night of babysitting, huh? It is a wild night of babysitting. Who do you think had a worse night? Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween or What's-Her-Face in Adventures in Babysitting? <laughs> I forgot her <laughs> Elizabeth name. Elizabeth Shue? Yeah, Elizabeth Shue. Right. Who, Who had... do you think had a crazier night? Elizabeth Shue. I want to say that too. I'm going to tell you why. It lasted longer. Yeah. Thank you. Lori Stroke, she only had, I mean, seriously, this was maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Elizabeth Shue was on a, she met Thor. Yeah. She got, she stabbed a gang dude on the, uh, with, she threw the knife down and got him in the foot. Yep. She sang the blues at that club. Yep. It was wild. Yep. That's a night. Right. And and they're propelling down the mm-hmm. window on a rope, right, or sheet or whatever the fuck I don't remember, but right, um, you know, it's it's a it's a memory at they, this point. We haven't seen it recently, oh but man, we should revisit that. We should watch it again. Oh, it's such a good. Movie. I'm sure, we have it somewhere. Yeah. So I think Elizabeth Shue definitely had a had a worse night. night. Yeah, worse than not worse, more difficult, crazier, crazier. Okay, right? Because I mean, think about it. Home invasions happen. People die. People do get murdered. That's not. It's terrible, yes. Awful, yes. Crazy, yeah. Yeah. However, compare that to a blown tire. Thor is changing the tire with the yeah. thing. You're getting with that, the whole uh, uh, stolen car thing that they get involved yeah. in and propelling off of things and gangs in the subway <laughs> and singing in blues clubs. It's That's crazy. Crazy That's crazy. Night. It's a crazy night. If you told me, like, here, let me tell you a story about this home invasion. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, my God. And I'd be like, wow, that's terrible. That's awful. Mm-hmm. And if you told me this story of Adventures Baby, I'm like, you're full of shit. None of that happened. <laughs> no. None of that happened. Things that so didn't happen, they unhappened things that happened. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm smart enough to understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So definitely a crazier night there. Yeah. Now, in this, we don't know yet. Of course, we throughout the franchise, we learn a lot more. We learn Lori is actually Michael's sister. Mm-hmm. We learn that there's a cult involved with Michael. Yeah. We learn he has a niece. Yes. There's all kinds of things we learn yeah. as the movies go on. Yeah, the sequels. Yeah. The sequels, of course, and all that got redconned. Last year, when uh, they made uh, Halloween the same movie again. Oh, yeah, right. When it's just a sort of a direct sequel to part two and saying all the rest of that stuff didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Is that the one where Jamie Lee Curtis is like a... Survivalist, yeah. Paranoid. Yeah, yeah, the one, yeah, the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that one. It was that really was good. good. I yeah. thought it was a great sequel. What, what was the name of it? Halloween. Oh, just... Yeah. Okay. It was Halloween. Okay. Three movies, Halloween, three different movies. Yes. Okay. It's not confusing at all. Nope. The next one, next one is going to be called Halloween Kills. Yeah, I've actually seen. Um, it's in the news a lot. 
They've already spoiled it, so I don't feel bad saying this. But the don't tell me. I don't know. Do I, I know? did tell you already. Oh, did you? I okay. showed you the picture. The oh, okay. uh, the car from um, the first one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes yeah, a cameo. Yeah. That's in awesome. The new one. That's you really know, great. Like the original 1978. That that. That station wagon yeah. that he steals from the mental institution to yeah. break out. That car is uh, going to be featured as a cameo um, in the new Halloween movie. That's awesome. Which I thought was cool. But they, they've they already leaked that. Like that, okay. that was a thing that they put on Instagram. They put it on. Like okay. it, was in a, it was in an article that I saw. Gotcha. Like okay. It's out there. All right. I didn't. Okay. I'm not uh, leaking private information or anything like that. Well, it's funny thing about that car. You mentioned it. That car was not some like Hollywood taken from some Hollywood prop house. Mm -hmm. That was actually just rented from a car rental place near the airport. Yeah. And they just, we just need it for a couple of days. They rented it like any like you would rent a car. Yeah. And slapped that decal on the side. Yeah. And then returned <laughs> it when they were done. So the car rental place had no idea that this car has anything to do with this movie. They didn't know they just returned it like it was no big, big deal. Which is interesting because it's so iconic. Yeah. That car and that decal, it's such like a cool thing. Yeah. And it's just, just as rented just car. Just a rental, yeah. Eventually well, when got, you've like, got a shoestring budget, you know what you I mean? You like do. you just rent a car. For sure. You know, if you can't uh if you don't have a friend or family member that, that's got one that you can use. Yeah. You know I, mean, what I mean, otherwise you just borrow one. Like we talked on the last show when we did yeah. Night of the Living Dead, where they had to use they used the car to go run an errand into town and the woman driving it got into an accident yeah. and they were just like, Well, we gotta use the car. We don't have another one. This is just it. They just make it crash into the tree, kind of. <laughs> what you got to do. You know? Yeah, I got it. You know? <laughs> so, I get it. I get it. Yeah, no, that's Halloween. And it, and it's it's a great movie. And I hope... I doubt we did it justice, but it was fun could, talking no. about it. You know, and it was fun revisiting it. And it was fun just, you know, really paying attention um, you know, because it's so easy to like throw in a horror movie and like it's like on in the background. You're Especially not... when you've seen so many times, right. it's so you know easy I mean? to and that's gloss like one over. Of the it. Things that I really like about doing this podcast is that you know, if nothing else, it's like kind of forcing me to sit and watch these movies in such detail. Uh, you know, taking notes so that I know, you know, at least when we sit down, I know what happened. I don't have to be yeah. like I think this happened, even though I feel like I do end up saying that a lot. I like watching it with that intensity sort of like intently watching in other words um you know what's happening and i, I feel agree. like i've gained a lot of insight in like like i feel like i have a good foundation in the movies that we've seen like yeah i know what i'm talking about yeah now, you know what i mean and I, I really like that you know the one downside i, I will say is why you know I, i've said this countless times already but i do like to go watch these movies again and pretend like I haven't seen it mm. and really not like anticipate, really actively try to not anticipate the next yeah. scene that I know or the next whatever, you know, um, and really just watch it for what it is, which is great because it, it's almost it's trying to like watch it again for the first time, which is doesn't like work 100%, of course, mm -hmm. but it's a fun way to watch it. But I do notice I find myself more critical of the movies because I'm watching it with greater detail and looking for things that I didn't notice before and really paying attention, like laser focused attention to it, you know? So, but in that I'm inadvertently find myself getting real critical of it. Yeah. And I think it comes across sometimes like I don't like the movie or I'm like, this is fucking stupid, but I'm just, it's just shit you notice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's stuff that like, 
it's hard to think about when you're making the movie because like, you know, you come up with this story and you're not necessarily thinking about like all the particulars. It's not supposed to be like real life. It's no. supposed to take you out of real life. That's really what movies are, you know, were were designed to do, you know, storytelling is supposed to take you out of reality to somewhere into an imaginary place. Um, you and I and a lot of other people who talk about horror movies, we like to dissect it as if the people who made the movies were like literally considering every single uh, thing. They, yeah. They're not. They're, they're, no. they're writing a movie that they think is going to be fun, that you'll enjoy. And they're not thinking about the little particulars because like, those aren't important. It's us that like watch the movies and go, hey, wait a minute, but what about this? And what about that? And that didn't make sense. And um, it doesn't have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's sometimes not supposed to. Sometimes no. you're just, you know, you honestly just have to accept the shit at face value and just, just, just eat what they're feeding you. Agreed. You know what I mean? And don't think about it too much. Like we go, we dive way into it, but we do it for fun. We get weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're not doing it to criticize. We're no, doing no, no, it no. because it's funny. It comes, I think. You it, know what I mean? It, it comes because it is fun. And I think it comes from a place of like, I really enjoy these movies. And yeah. I really enjoy the places, the conversation, these movies allow us to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? They open up portals of conversation that, ordinarily we wouldn't go down correct you know so to me that's really where a lot of this fun lies i mean in watching the movies again which is great because i do enjoy the movies right not all of them of course <laughs> but you know i do enjoy the genre yeah you know so but going in and trying to figure out where everybody was being at a key party and as an annual thing and like all these like that's fun yeah to me i like doing that and we do that like every episode yeah. one way or another it comes down <laughs> to like some, some ludicrous fucking avenue that yeah. we have to go down yeah you know these movies allow us to go down those avenues ordinarily we wouldn't so it's super fun absolutely you know and you know what's super fun what going to bed <laughs> true I have to get up early. And it is one forty-five. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely my bedtime. Yeah, it's way past your bedtime. It is past my bedtime. So with that, we have a show this week. We're going to try to get back on track next week. Yeah. For real, for real. This one's not going to come out on Tuesday. Probably it's going to be Thursday by the time you hear this. Yeah, probably. Probably. So thanks for sticking with us. Super appreciate it. Yeah. Super duper appreciate it. Yeah. It means a lot. So with that, good night. Good night. I think you'll come back. <laughs> <laughs>